Welcome back, everyone, to Hotline League. It is 2018, the sexiest year that's ever existed. Things are going to get hot this year, and they will not be hotter anywhere else than this Hotline League show, which is returning now for the start of the new year. So many hot things to talk about. And speaking of hot, we've got Mark Zerovin on the show, my my gallant co-host that's, that's here every week uh, with new lighting. Very excited to have that. That's all based on if of uh, support for I got paid in light bulbs yeah. this year by Travis. Yeah. I would not have picked hot for the word to describe 2018 this far. I, I think I would call it idiotic between the Logan Paul stuff that happened right away. There's something else that like happened literally like next day. Maybe it was the Trump nuke thing. I don't I don't remember. But yeah, I don't think hot is what I would go with. It's going to get really hot with this Trump nuke stuff. Either way, uh, we've got, yeah, hang on. Uh, Mark. What do you want to do? You want to run through the this show because for those that don't know, this is actually a show where we listen to you. You guys all call in, and uh, we talk to you. And Mark's going to tell you how that goes. Right, exactly. This show is actually all about you, the viewer at home. We want to hear your take and opinions on everything going on. So we have a Discord set up. I'm about to spam the hell out of it in chat. You want to go to that Discord. Now, when you get there, there's going to be a, a text channel, general, where you're going to ask your questions, and then you need to vo join the voice channel, general, as well. From there, I'll be able to pull you into the waiting room, make sure your mic's good to go, and assuming everything's all set, we'll pull you into the on-air, and you'll be able to speak directly to Travis and Loco once he joins and ask or get, tell us however you're feeling. And, and one thing we like on this show is to hear your guys' opinion, not just... This isn't, you know, an interview. It's not Q&A for Travis and I. It's for you guys to come on and say, I think 100 Thieves is going to crush it. I think Golden Guardian sucks because Loco's coaching. And you get to tell that to his face. So we're all about the hot takes here. Yes, and as Mark just alluded to, Loco Doco is this night's guest. So we're going to talk a little bit for maybe 10 or 15 minutes here at the start of the show about some stuff. Uh, and then we'll get uh, Loco on, talk to him for a little bit, and then straight into calls. So you guys can talk not only to us but also to Loco Doco. Uh, ask him questions about his roster and interrogate him. Uh, talk to us about why, what we should all expect this year from NALCS and, and more. And so I think uh, going, you know, while we while we, you know, wait before we get uh, Loco on, the theme, generally speaking, of this show, this episode, is going to be 2018. So the last episode we did in 2017 was all about looking back. What were some of your favorite moments, etc.? This year, we want to hear your opinions on 2018. What should Riot do? Is the NALCS going to be better for the fact that it's best of one? Uh, do you think that Is your it favorite be better because Jat's not casting anymore? Yeah, Jat's not casting anymore. Uh, and also, by the way, if you want to call in and talk about how much you hate a certain uh, former MSNBC host for talking shit on my boy Doublelift, we can listen to that as well. You you referencing a certain Olberman? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, by the way, Mark, yeah, let's let's just hop into it. What, at the start of the show, to get the juices flowing, what do you think 2018, what are the big things that we should expect for 2018, big stories? I think the biggest thing has to be uh, some form of franchising slash, like, all the, the roster moves that happen. Um, I'm excited to see all those come together. I think, you know, 100 Thieves, Clutch Gaming have really interesting rosters uh, and could theoretically become really good. TSM changed over 60% of their roster that have been to Worlds twice and won an unprecedented three North American titles in a row. So there's a lot of stuff just involved with the actual teams competing against each other that I am excited for. I think that will be one of the best things going yeah. on. But and I have to say, probably the best thing will be the, the analyst desk now that Jat is a permanent 
fixture with myself and James. Yeah, what does that mean? Because you... Okay, so I saw this, his announcement on the dive and I watched it. Maybe we can hear about it from your side because you're actually going to be on the analyst desk. What are, are you guys looking at doing different approaches to it? I mean, because people are just going to hear, okay, Jet's on the analyst desk, whatever. Yeah, there's a, a lot bigger focus on not only having a set group of people on the analyst desk, but letting us kind of like work on it versus kind of be like in supplement to the show, but like make the analyst desk something that people are actually going to really enjoy versus kind of like a waiting room that I think it ended up being, I think, between games. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people did enjoy the analysis portion of it, but like having more branded segments, having more like running things throughout the year. Because one of the things Jat mentioned was like, it's really hard to do something that's going to go in week after week if you're going to have new people in. So he was talking about having most likely not 100% locked in, but most likely to have like a running prediction per, like tally. So he and I are going to try and predict up against each other every week and try and come up with who at the end of the year has predicted more correct games. Nice. And that's something that's really fucking cool that you can't do if I'm constantly predicting against new people. Yeah, that's a fair point. So so it's going to be you and him on the desk at all times with Dash? Yep, so it's going to be a, like a constant three-man desk is the plan. And like I said, a lot more segments like that where like predictions like every, every day, you know, showing our predictions for the five matches that we think how they're going to go. And uh, I don't want to like I've been in a lot of meetings to like come up with all this stuff. And I don't know how much I'm at liberty to say. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be a lot more stuff on the analyst desk than just like, Hey, this team won. Pull up the draft. Pull up three replays. All right, great. Let's hear uh, this guy got player of the game. All right, next game starts in three and a half. You know, it's going to yeah. be more fun than that without really hopefully increasing time between games. Are you excited about not having to do weird watching two streams side by side to figure out what's happening? That was fun for what it was, <laughs> but I felt like I missed a lot of details um, generally. So, like, I like being able to track really in-depth things, you know, like... I don't want to just say, like, oh, this guy had a great game because he did, like, this couple team fights well. But I like being like, oh, this guy played Ash. He hit two Ash arrows. I went back and I rewatched every Ash arrow, and he, like, just would fire them off randomly. He's really got to step that part of his game up. And that's really hard in analysis to do with two streams going. Yep. And the, the other thing is it's really hard to tie into whatever the casters are talking about because half the time I don't know what they've been saying all game. Um, so I, I know sometimes it felt like a caster would end the game and you get to the analyst desk, and they wouldn't really – not necessarily, like – react to what they said but like be in even in the same headspace right because they might have spent like 20 minutes talking about how they thought the top laner didn't do good enough and maybe we focus on the mid but we don't transition there it's not like oh i heard azale talking about the top lane a lot but i had a bigger problem with this we, you know like it was just two different segments it felt like sometimes yeah i before we get loco on which will just be in, in any minute here we'll we'll transition them onto the show i'll just say one of my big things for this year mark's mark sounds like he's it sounds like you would say the things you're hyped for are the new teams and the franchises and and then also on a personal level, the analyst desk. Um, yeah. My personal level thing is just to sort of see what happens with me because I've, I'm independent and I made a commitment to do that kind of in October. What? The analyst desk is your personal thing. That's your job. How can I not talk about my personal thing? I'm, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but that's my thing. I'm excited for it. I wasn't even it. really going to talk about that much. You asked me a bunch of questions because I thought you cared more about the Listen, Jets. Listen, you blabbed and blabbed about your shit. Now it's my you time. You prompted to... me. I'm excited for my thing. That's all I'm going to say. Unlike Mark, I'm not going to go on forever. Secondly, I'm, uh, I think one thing that people haven't talked about for a while that has to happen this year, because otherwise I just assume it's not happening, is the BAM Tech MLB Advanced Media whatever you want to call it, deal finally taking place. 
with Riot. This got announced over a year ago that Bamtech and, and Riot were going to be teaming up for a uh, new viewing experience uh, specifically tailored for fans and that there was going to be this big sponsorship attached to it and all the uh, kind of money attached to this kind of thing. feels like now with franchises, the franchising this thing has got to come online. I think it's going to be really interesting. And the craziest thing about it is I'm pretty sure everyone has forgotten that this is supposed to be a thing. Um, and so whenever it finally does happen, it'll be, it'll be really hype. It's definitely been on most people's back burner. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say. Not mine. I wake up every morning and I think to myself, "You just can." What's go the, to the deal? Subreddit, search the, Bam Tech. By the way, threads. that did you see that Reddit thread just on this topic? Really quickly, we'll we'll get look on in just a second. But did you see that Reddit thread over the past week? That should be a segment, by the way. This this show should have a segment just have called. Have you seen that have, Reddit? Thread? Did you see that Reddit thread? And uh, the <laughs> the thread that's like. It's been weeks, and Riot has said nothing. Yes, okay. Oh, my God. A few yes. months ago, five days ago, a few months ago, Riot Magus said in a response to Weldon's video about you being left out of the $300 million BAMTech deal that the deal absolutely includes the EU with an important part of our global ecosystem. EU LCS starts in two weeks, and Riot has been silent ever since. Guess what? They haven't said shit about BAMTech at all. So why, like, and it got so upvoted and so many comments, and I'm just like, Wow. Wow, like, I'm going to start making just, I'm going to make an alt account just to farm karma, where I'm just like, Riot said uh, that there was going to be a world championships in 2018. It's been two weeks and we've heard nothing about how EU is going to play into the world championships. You just got to make sure you post at the right time, because that was posted, like, right when everyone was, like, you know, it's always posted in EU primetime where, like, half of North America is not awake yet, and that's always when it gets upvoted, and then, like, quickly... The most upvoted comments in that thread were like, "What are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Like, no one has said anything about North America either. It's yeah. like it's completely in the dark." Yeah, it's good times. I love great good times, great oldies. Either way, let's go ahead and get Lokodoko on, which is going to require a little bit of technical snafu. I'm going to throw up our our uh, temporary page on the screen really quickly. Uh, we can add him back into the call if we took him out. He's also on Discord. If you want me to grab him first. Uh, thank you, Containerly D, for the sub. All right, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm overriding because you didn't respond yeah. to me. Yes. Do whatever Look. you need to do. Oh, he's muted on here. Okay. Well. Uh, how's everyone on Twitch chat? Hello. By the way, if you, don't, if you guys don't uh, know, hello. we stream this live show. We're this show live. Uh-huh. Hello, Loco. Hello. Hello. Hey, what up? All right, so we need you to. I'll let Travis do it. Actually, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, can he? Can you add, uh, call into the Skype call? Uh, yeah. One IP and two things then. Yes, and then yeah. you'll mute yourself on on Skype. Okay. All right, I muted. Okay, cool. Uh, and can you turn your webcam on? Uh, sure. Great. All right. So now we'll just test. We'll we'll check this stuff out. Oh. How's your evening going, Loco? By the way, everybody can hear you, so don't say anything offensive. Uh, um, my evening is going pretty well. I finished scrims. I worked a little. I still have to work a lot more. But um, I mean, I'm talking to two of my greatest friends, Travis and Mark. So oh, great. Yeah. great. How come you haven't invited me to watch scrims yet? Why would I invite you to watch scrims? So I had a good read on the meta, and I could accurately talk about 
how great you guys are gonna do. Look at your t-shirt. I feel like you're gonna leak things. You haven't given me- Everyone always talks about, like, Mark, you wear so much liquid gear, and it's like, they've given me the most free shit. Give me free shit if you want me to wear it. I was walking around Riot the last two days in my TwitchCon Buffalo Wild Wings Dignitas hoodie, alright? Because it was a windbreaker and it was raining. You sound pretty biased to me. I'm just saying, whoever gives me clothes, I wear them. Yeah. I'm just saying, I've never heard Mark talk shit about TL. What? <laughs> JK, JK. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we've got we've got Loco on the show now. Welcome to the show, Loco Doco. Thank you for joining us. I'm I feel, I'm so sorry about not having neon lighting, guys. That's okay. I didn't get That's okay. I understand. Uh, Next we'll, time, we'll, your people talk to my people. And yeah. My people will let me know. Thank you. Travis will buy them for you if you just complain. So people who have not uh, stayed up to date on the LCS. Lokodoko is now the coach for the Golden Guardians. And uh, how's that going, Loco? Uh, I mean, it's like started and it's going well. How are scrims? Really, uh, scrims are scrims. Uh, we struggle in certain areas I expected us to struggle in, and we're improving a lot, so things are good. Okay, good. Uh, Mark, do you have any, any questions for Loco before we go in? And, and Loco, while he's thinking of one maybe you can think of something that any kind of prediction you want to make for 2018 or any of the things that you're most excited for for 2018 since that's kind of the theme of this episode well for 2018 um i'm excited to see where league of legends franchise goes okay so i think most obvious thing is i mean today overwatch league is going on and it's getting like 300k to 350k viewers what's like the average lcs views what are they these days? I feel yeah. like they're lower. They're like two fifty or what? It's hard to tell whenever there were two streams and all that kind of thing. Um, I hopefully um, LCS gets a lot of viewership. Uh, franchise overall, not just for League of Legends, for Overwatch also is successful. I think that's like the biggest thing on my horizon. How my team's gonna do personally, and how our league's gonna do. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. I don't know how you guys feel if Overwatch League's first week had better viewership overall than LCS's first week just because Overwatch League has been like two years in the making whereas LCS yes there's been franchising all of this and all that but I doubt it's as new and as much of a like oh my god I want to see this thing that's been being worked on forever as Overwatch League kind of has that kind of yeah I think there's a lot of a lot of interest in what Overwatch can actually pull pull together and so I think people are checking it out for sure so, whereas I think League League is going to look more of the same. I mean, it's just starting two hours later and, and back to sort of that old school uh, best of one situation. So, I'm, uh, I think there's definitely more attention. Much more hype. Yeah. Much more you got kind of quiet, Loco. Any idea why? I think he changed uh, his microphone. Okay. Yeah, I changed from the headset to my, what is it? The hype, the actual mic, which, is, which should be better. Okay, yeah, yes. You, you sound better. It's just a little less cool. Yeah, I, cool. Tuned, I tuned you up. Yeah, I, t I jumped him up too a little bit. Okay. So, I mean... I think Mark is right. It, we might have lower initial viewership, but I think League now is much more healthier to watch. And I think the 10 teams we have now are better than the 10 teams we had before. So I think LCS is going to become more and more exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will be. I think it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, but we want to hear from all of you. So if you are on the Discord, feel free to start typing your opinions, your thoughts, the things that you want to talk about on the show. Please theme them if you can, about 2018. 
Uh, we want to hear what you your expectations are for 2018. Make some arguments. Talk about how League is going to die in 2018 or how it's going to be the best year ever for League. Uh, and go ahead look, and put that in like the general check chat. Check people before you. Yes. Yeah, we have a waiting room that we'll pull them on. Okay. Um, and if so, you are a sub, by the way, you can uh, you can type it in the subs chat, and we'll take a look in there too, and try and, and pull a couple subs throughout the show. Also, well. just a reminder to everyone talking in general, the text chat. You need to join the voice channel. You can go in there, and mute yourself. That part doesn't matter, but you need to go in there, join general, so I can see you, and then I can pull you into the voice waiting room. If you're not in any of the voice rooms, I can't work. With you. So you can even go in general too. I don't care, but you have to go somewhere. Um, and while we're waiting for a couple of these answers to come in. Loco, I feel like one of the things that a lot of people have said about Golden Guardians, uh, they've, they've thought that like going for the all North American kind of approach is a little surprising. And it, well, I think a lot of people expect you guys to struggle. What do you what do you think about that kind of criticism you've gotten? I mean, me don't speak Korean. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you have a Korean speaking coach. Why wouldn't you guys get some Korean players? Yeah. Uh, Koreans are pretty hard to implement. I mean, I've been successful. But... <laughs> Um, it really requires the right kind of culture and it really requires the right kind of commitment from Korean players. There were a few Korean players we were looking at, um, but either the prices didn't make sense or they weren't that committed or we didn't think they would be a great culture fit, so we didn't go with them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with all NA. I think all NA is better and I think more and more so. NA teams have a higher bar on the kind of Koreans they're willing to accept. Um, people no longer ex are accepting like the mercenary type of Koreans. They want really long-term people, people that would be invested into getting better with the team and invested into being a great player in NA. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, all all right. right, I have someone waiting. I'll go down, make sure his mic was working, then we'll move on. Sure. All right, while we're waiting to pull him and somebody new into the channel, our first guest, I want to shout out to Avita Boss and or Avita Boost. So many thanks and Hanan Gaming for their subs. Thank you guys very much. Helping me recover from a couple of weeks without a uh, hotline. Uh, the channel. Make sure you guys sub so Travis can feed himself. Yeah, it's a tough... check is not cheap. No, Living it's in not. LA is not cheap. The one very lush lifestyle that he has to maintain. It's true. Uh, the Juan M is on the show. Juan M, where are you calling from? How's it going, man? I'm calling from Orlando. Orlando. Very nice. I'm sure the... Uh, wait, is the weather over there okay these days? It's actually... Um, like, right above Orlando, there's this place called Oviedo, and, like, it snowed for, like, the first time in, like, forever. So it's a bit cold, but I'm enjoying it because I get I to wear jackets. Nice. Congrats, man. Congrats on the jackets. What do you want to talk about for 2018? For mostly the viewership, like, right? Like, how is the LCS with franchising coming in? Like, is it going to be, like, this boost, like, you know, franchising, like, these, and um, they back up these organizations, like, 100 Thieves and all this, like, viewership, but consistently, like, grows and it stays consistent? Or is it going to, like, die down over the course of, like, a couple weeks or so, you know? So what do you think? Do you think that we'll see, Juan, do you think that we'll see viewership spike this year and see more people watching League than maybe ever before in the NALCS just because of the new teams? I think now that, especially with the motions being gone, you you, you can root for a team without like having a fear that, for example, it's gonna like you're going to get demoted to challenge, right? There's no more challenge. More teams are going to have, like, fan bases are going to grow a lot more this year. 
Yeah. More people are going to come in from traditional sports as well and watch LCS. And I feel, I do, I personally believe, and I hope, obviously, I love the league. It's going to grow, like, exponentially this year. And I feel like really push League of Legends into, like, more of the traditional sports area. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Loco or Mark, do you guys think that, that this is going to be enough to really... Like, is it the fact that teams won't get relegated anymore that will really allow a lot more people to come in and start watching or feel safer rooting for a team? I mean, that's more of a long-term theme. It's, I don't think it's like short-term people are going to watch because your favorite team can't get relegated, but now teams can build more long-term fan bases. They can really invest into them, like have a Discord community, um, really just work to get a good fan base. Like, maybe we go like over to UCLA, do viewing parties and stuff like that, and can actually grow a community i think that's what's going to increase the viewership more so than oh look we got uh, basketball team supporting us i mean that does help but i don't oh, yeah. think it's the core reason why I feel like this, viewership is you know, like, this is where like we can really like expand from well yeah. i think one of the things that's interesting is like if you look at last year's viewership statistics it wasn't that like it was universally like down because the the premium matchups still got a lot of views it was like when you moved outside the premium matches people had a lot less incentive to watch because the games were longer there were multiple streams going on and there were a lot of reasons that viewership would drop as a whole um so on the one hand i think in the short term if tsm and tl play match one and then another good team plays match three you don't have to wait like you know as many hours as you used to so hopefully more people stick around and to juan's point if more teams just generally have stronger fan bases, hopefully there's even less of a dip because everyone just has like more fans spread across the league. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah, for like, your call, Juan. I really appreciate yeah, it. Sure. Yeah. No problem. Have a good one. So that's a that's a cool take. Just sort of wondering what the future will hold, what effect the franchise will have on viewership. Uh, nine bits in from iCaffeinated, who says it's all I have, Travis Bible Thumb. Thank you, iCaffeinated. That's that's one step closer to a plan check burger, uh, as as Loco would tell you. Uh, bang Babang is calling in. I don't know why you need so many B's in your name. Babang, it's Babang, I believe, not Babang. Babang. Oh, it's, it's it's supposed to be like Korean, so it's like. Bang. A, yeah, there you go. Bang bang. Okay, bang bang. Where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm calling from uh, Berkeley, California. Berkeley. Okay, we've that's had a previous good. Berkeley caller. It wasn't you, right? Uh, no, this is my first time. Okay. Do you well, go to UC Berkeley? Yes, I do. I actually interviewed Travis earlier this semester and wrote a paper about him. Oh, oh really? About that. Congratulations. I, I hope. Did you get an A on it? I did get an A, so thank you, Travis. Yeah, yeah, no worries. That's you got what an I did. because he's Korean, Travis. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. They have good principles, unlike those American trash. You know what? Let's just get into the conversation. Uh, yeah, sure. What, what's, your, what's your take on 2018? So I think for this year, uh, with franchising, I really want to see changes in recruitment for teams. Um, one of the biggest things that I was interested by was um, Levi being on the uh, academy team, 100 Thieves. Yeah. And so when I look at, say, like a region like Korea, I, I see a lot of new players, uh -huh. like every time, like especially when you select the Korean Exodus. Yeah. And so I feel like for the longest time, Academy and um, especially Collegiate, I feel like Collegiate just kind of existed for no reason, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I want to see some kind of changes to actually bring these players into NALCS. Okay. So I think I can actually best answer this. So why Collegiate and Challenger in the past was pretty meaningless was 
basically in Challenger, you didn't want to grow players. You just wanted to get the best players possible and try to get into LCS. That's what Challenger was viable for. It wasn't viable to just maintain a Challenger org. And for a lot of the collegiate leagues, their goal isn't to have good collegiate players. Their goal is to have a good collegiate esports program for the future and to grow the program out. So none of the, for both collegiate and challenger, their goal wasn't to grow players. Now with Academy, your goal is to grow players and to turn them into LCS players because all the, there's no relegations. You don't farm spots anymore. The idea of challenger completely changed and it's more closer to what it should be. So now you will see more players like that. And NA now has to invest into younger talent and to grow them and for the future. So, uh, look, I have a, a bit of a follow-up question for you. Some okay. teams have, you know, used. I think you have like one veteran spot, as they call it, or something. In you Khalid, get two veteran right? spots. You can, yeah. And the, but the veteran rule is like three years of play, so it's pretty. You have to be really veteran to count against it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, what do you think about someone signing someone like Piglet or or special uh, like special Levi? These kinds of guys, like. Do you think that they are being held on to in case they need to be brought into the, the LCS? Do you think there's someone that people are holding on to in case they can flip them for, for value later in terms of like selling off or trading? Or do you think it's it's also like a way to help the academy team's players and grow the players? Okay, so that's a very wide question. You asked about Levi Piglet and X-Special, so I'll answer Pick for one. all three of them. All all right. So the one I can actually personally answer for, for is X-Special. X-Special isn't on our team to replace Matt or threaten Matt in any way. X-Special is on our team to help and grow the younger talents on Academy. It's really a lot easier to have a veteran who can show how you should behave in-game, out-of-game, during review, and also shot call and lead the team in the game itself than it is to have five rookies. And also, our LCS team is incredibly young, so we're not in a place where we're looking to place players in the next year or something like that. So for 100 Thieves and Levi, I think their eventual goal isn't to have Levi be a challenger player. It would be to grow them and either start them on their LCS team or sell them off to another LCS team. And for Piglet, I imagine it's the same thing. I don't think their goal is to have like Piglet lead Academy. He hasn't been a great leader in the past, but it's more so that he can stay a year and get his residency and be a NAAD in the future in 2019. So all three players for different reasons. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, Berkeley, do you think, do you, what, for you, no, what is name. the, what is, what is your, uh, <coughs> what is your ideal, you know, like team's approach to like an academy team? Uh, I feel like the way Loco kind of broke down all those players, I think is pretty ideal because it sounds a lot like baseball, basically where you keep different players for different reasons. I think keeping like players as coaches and potentially as like actual replacements, I think that's all good signs. I'm just I'm worried that a lot of these academy team players aren't actually going to be starters anytime soon. Is but that a bad if, thing? I mean, even if they aren't starters, the fact that they have chance to grow and the fact that they have an organization that's responsible for them and responsible for their growth is a lot better than what it was like last year for 2017. Um, one interesting thing is a couple of like the mainstays that had been challenger for a while, like Peckenwolf, who is I think not quite LCS quality, but like good for challenger, is not on an academy team, and 
that's as a result of not needing to really be competitive as an academy team. And you see people like Palafox and Tuesday and a couple other like lesser known players getting chances now as a result. I mean, it's not more so than like a need to be competitive. It is, I mean, you do want to have the best academy team possible, but right. you want to invest into people with high upsides, right? So as an example, for someone like Peckenwolf, um, we Peck and Whoop has played in Challenger for a while. We know how good good he is, and we know how much he's improved. So maybe people aren't taking a shot on him because they feel like a different mid laner might have more potential in the future to be a star mid laner. While Peck and Wolf, we already kind of know what we already have. Right. Gotcha. Interesting stuff. Anything else, uh, Babang? Babang. Nope. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks all right, uh, who do we got? Who do we got next? Uh, let's see. Mark's down there grabbing somebody. While he's doing that, I want to say thank you to all the space names were taken for your subscription. Mark's back. Who's he got with him? No one yet. There we go. Yeah, I got somebody. Carnation or Carnatone? Carnation? Carnation? I guess it's Carnationa. Carnationa. It's fine. Carnationa, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Germany. Germany, woo! I love it when we get the European viewers. What time yeah. is it? In, what time is it in Germany? Um, it's uh, six a.m. Six a.m. Well, thank you for rising you early. You up or going to bed? Um, I uh, I got up. <laughs> I got up. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. Sounds like you're still waking up. What did you? Uh, a what, little bit, yeah. yeah. What did you? What did you want to talk about on the show today? Um. My topic is the change back to uh, best of one, yeah. Um, because uh, I guess the league got safer by uh, eliminating uh, relegation by uh, franchising, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know the the teams, the the bigger teams, uh, maybe uh, fall down a bit uh, because it's more random who will make it to the playoffs because of the best of one setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are you worried? Are you you wish it wasn't best of one because we'd have uh, less randomness in the in the playoff seating? I don't know to be honest, but because it's it's a chance for uh, lesser known teams or the maybe uh, better teams, I guess, uh, worse teams. Yeah. Um, but it may not reflect the real strength uh, strength of the teams in the playoffs then when uh, maybe TSM or what team makes it not to the uh, playoffs. Sorry for my English. <laughs> it's no, okay. You're good. I'm going to so, go. Well, I'll look. You can go first. Okay. I think best of ones, people, it's really easy to say best of ones are more random and best of ones are more um, worth in general. I think best of ones are different and they test different kinds of skills. Like how prepared you come is rewarded a lot more so in best of ones. Like if you have an incredibly unique strategy or incredibly strong level one, then it's much more meaningful in a best of one and you get rewarded for innovating or having something special prepared. And that is like a way to reward a team. And I don't think necessarily it's bad. You're testing a different kind of skill in a best of one than a best of three. I think it's very like naive to say like best of one is just objectively worse. So I'm kind of 
in Loco's camp, or well, actually more, way more in Loco's camp, because I was when the best of three change happened, I was really excited because I personally think best of ones can be like flukier, and if you're trying to find who's a better team, like best of three is better for that. But I also thought when the best of three change happened, that meant that somehow we were gonna get rid of best of ones at international tournaments, and that never happened. So you had leagues who were playing tournaments best of ones, but never leagues best of one which is is weird to me if it's going to be such an important skill set to be able to compete in best of ones you should have that in in your your league system somewhere and i think if you're going to have that continue in the international scene then it should be in your league system they should somewhat mirror each other and teams that are bad at best of ones like yeah so what now the regular season has them learn to get good because when you go to worlds and you're a shitty best of one team you're going to get destroyed in group stage and there's such a thing as good best of one teams and bad best of one teams and if it's going to be important to the league infrastructure learn to get good at them i feel like you're thinking of a team and you're not saying the team no i would never like point fingers but there's definitely a team <laughs> what's the team I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> tsm of course what do you think or i just, want, I just wanted you like... to say it you know yeah yeah. because yeah. then i make can cut this out as a reddit thread and or reddit or to cut this out as a video and says mark, mark the reason tsm lost worlds the last two years was because north america didn't have best of ones thank you that's all i needed there we go that's yeah, the headline there's your, there's your fucking title hundred thousand views on youtube here we go uh <laughs> <Yeah>. all right <laughs> You said yeah. TSM, you said NA, Worlds, and Best of One. That's all. Those are four keywords right there. It's just a multiplier effect. Those are Boom. I know, I know how tags work on YouTube, Travis. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Karn, uh, let me ask you, Do you? so you're in Germany. Do you watch NALCS? Um, yeah, a lot more than ULCS. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So are I you... find that really common with European viewers. Like, yeah. There's actually a... I can't think of a one NA viewer that likes EU better than NA, but I've had that a lot. A lot of EU fans like NA better. Yeah, I will say I think we've had a couple callers on this show from North America who said they appreciated Europe more for going further, and they liked Europe for that reason. But I don't know if they've explicitly said they liked watching Europe more. So they like Europe one one month out of the twelve. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what they were saying. Like, we, I don't think we confirmed it quite right. So Carl, well, I guess. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So um, I guess the production value in the NA LCS is a bit higher, and uh, watching the NA LCS is yeah, more fun, to be NA honest. NA is more hype. There is yeah. more attention in NA. You care more about NA. You care more about NA players, and you care more about NA orgs, right? Yeah. Karn, yeah, I, um, I wanted to ask you, are you aware that NALCS is starting later now on the weekends? Yeah. How do you know? Yeah, how do you feel about that? Because it was that that decision was made to help EU viewers of EU LCS, is my understanding. Uh, but as an EU fan of NALCS, how does that affect you, and what do you think? Well, uh, I guess I'm watching even when it's later. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will watch EU LCS, but maybe in the background, but. <laughs> I'm uh, staying up for the NALCS. Yeah. Are you bummed that it's starting later? A bit, yeah. yeah. But there are bots. I yeah. mean. Yeah. Do you watch the analyst desk in the bots? Um, yeah. But I guess that's the time when I'm eating or don't know. Just skip through the shitty parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, Karn, thank you so yeah. much for calling in. Uh, it's always great to hear uh, viewers from outside the U.S. and Canada. So I appreciate you being up early and calling in. And thank you for your subscription, by the way. I see that you're a Twitch sub. Oh, 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Have Bye. a good Yeah. Bye. Guten Tag. <laughs> I want every time we have a viewer in a different from a that goes a presumably different language. I want Loco to say goodbye to them in that language. How about, how about you do, Travis? You're going to be on the show all the time. You have to say it in their their native tongue. Like you have to say goodbye in Korean. T- yeah. Loco, what's good, goodbye in Korean? Uh we actually say bye bye a lot. Bye bye. Okay, there we go. Oh. That's easy. I could do that one. Fuck. All right. <laughs> all right. Who's who's next? Got one I'm sock. I think a returning caller. Yeah. Yeah, I called. Uh, yeah, I called once and asked about um, how do content creators uh, make money? Yeah. And I watched. Thanks for on Twitch. Listen, <laughs> no, listen. I watched uh, Travis's video he did with uh, Thorin and two other dudes. And Travis, just so you know, in like the 35 minutes I got through, I am a permanent non-user of AdBlock. Oh, thank you. Just because Damn. of that video. I wow. Have decided, I have decided to not use Adblock ever. Well, thank you, OneSock. Cool. It doesn't make much of a difference, but it's just, you know, it's my little difference. I don't want to forget um, to ask you this, because I'm sorry I don't remember, but where are you calling from? Um. Okay, well, so I'm trying to be quiet. Basically, I'm in Houston for a wedding, but okay. I'm actually from Alabama. Okay. So. Is the wedding Roll going tonight. on right? Is that why you need to be quiet, because the wedding is going on right now, and you're no, on this show even... instead? I need to be quiet because people who are hosting me are asleep in the other room. Oh, and so okay. I'm trying to shut up. But yeah, so, but yeah, so people I've never met before, I'm just kind of in their house, so it's real fun. People you've but, never met before? Yeah, a friend of a friend type thing. But okay. it saved me money from getting a hotel. Nice. So. Well, is the wedding in the middle of the week because you're there in, on Wednesday? No, um, we're, it's on Friday in the fiancés in the bridal party so we have to do all that crap you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, gotta, like, yeah. i got you, you know how it goes yeah but anyway well okay. congrats to the the couple and congrats to you for having a thank fiance you. that's great yeah. uh and thank you for not using adblock a yeah. you noble man okay so yeah. what what do you got to talk to us about okay so two things okay one i kind of want to ask loco something and he's got to take me through jungling 101 real quick okay okay okay, okay. so I do not get, this is a rant, why people think Sven Scaren is good. Okay? Okay, wow. Okay, listen. <laughs> listen, I am a, listen, I, I'll admit it, you know, I'm a TSM fan, so you know, you should do whatever, but listen. TSM. Listen. Okay. <laughs> Jungling 101, right? Okay, tell me if this is right. When you invade, if you have a winning lane, you push up, right? You make them stay under tower, mm-hmm. right? And then you have first roam to help your jungler invade, right? Is that like jungling 101? That's right? invading 101. You have priority, yes. and then you can move first, and then like you go in there. Go okay, ahead. okay. Explain to me how, not in international stage, but in North America, explain to me how he constantly got first-blooded like seven out of nine games in a row with Bjergsen and Doublelift, literally, and honestly, Hanser too. Like, Pretty much every game, TSM won two out of three lanes, if not three out of three. Yeah. Explain to me how somebody can keep getting credit for being a good jungler and dying first blood every single game. Okay. So like you're using a lot of hyperbole, right? Like you're saying, okay, okay one three lanes. Um, he died every single time. So we don't have the actual stat for that, so we don't know. But it was like is- seven or eight, and his win rate was, I think, about close to 50% not on Lee Sin. You remember that little run he had? Mm-hmm. I remember I remember even on Marks on GLT, I remember you guys were talking about it, how he was like 9-1. and one. 
on Lee Sin, and then on every other champion, it was like a sub fifty percent win rate. So and actually, that's I like actually, the main rant. But yeah, I actually did a video on C nine and their roster, and I yeah, I watched a little it. bit of what I thought about Sven in there. Yeah, Sven I watched fre it. frequently dies because there's. I, I mean, personally, I think it's because he doesn't track the enemy jungler that well, and he's okay. not sure about where enemy jungler is. And then Which he invaded, and then he got killed. Or his lanes are telling him he can they can move. So there's a difference between I can move right now and I can move, right? And then mm -hmm. maybe he hears I can move and then he dies. I honestly don't know. It, it is like a puzzling thing why Spencer Garen dies so often. I think someone yeah. inside TSM could probably give you a better answer than I could. Yeah, that's fine. I just kind of... Okay, so that's just, that's just sort of my opinion. Second thing. Okay, this is my only last thing, and then I'll go. Okay. Um, I think, as far as power rankings, side note, my thing with best of ones, why are people sleeping on the aggro junglers? Like, I think Dardoch is so good in a BO1 versus okay. the BO3. Like, I think aggro junglers have Where... repeatedly shown to be inferior in best of series, but are kings in best of ones. Uh, where would you play Stardock and what is it, your power ranking? Uh, I don't, I mean, honestly, like, I think other junglers are better, but, like, I think in a best of one, he climbs, like, top four. Okay. Like, really, just in a best of one sense. Like, because, so... like, here's my thing, like, it's just literally the snowball effect. Like, that's all it is. That's basically all I'm saying. Because Dardock and, like, go back, like, all the examples of, like, okay, so, like, famous aggro junglers, right? Rush was god awful in BF5s. Granted, the new new pick kind of is fair, but like Rush, god awful BF5s, even when he had like the Kindred pick and C9. Awful. Jankos in EU, right? Best jungler in EU, pretty much like noticed, sucks in BF5s. And then like a guy who I think is like a top three jungler in the world, Peanut, mm -hmm. right? Even to his credit, Blank was one who had to come in in those BF5s and save SKT. Mm -hmm. Like, aggro junglers are kings in best of ones. And I feel like people are so sleeping on that. Like, okay. we're still treating it as a bay of three. And so that's just sort of my, like, things. And so that's why I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I think y'all have a decent shot, better than what people give you credit for. Like, I mean, I think, honestly, on paper, y'all do have a really bad roster. Just being honest. You can prove me wrong. But I think you have a really good jungler and, like, a really aggressive, like, shot caller and, like, how high it does things, and I think in best of ones it should never be slept on. Okay. And I think people don't credit that enough. Does that I mean, make sense? Yeah, those are really nice words, and I'll try to answer your question best as possible. I actually yeah. worked with a lot of junglers, and I personally have worked with Stardock, so I think I'm in a good position to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> you worked with him, huh? Is that what that, is that all working? <laughs> hey, oh, it works so well. Look at, look at. If it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better, I do think you're actually really solid. Thank you. I mean, Dardock hasn't made playoffs without me be coaching him, so there's oh, that part. Okay. <laughs> well, I will say this Let's about... Well, hang, on, hang on one sec. Let Loco respond to your... Okay, your yeah, yeah, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Okay. So, you say aggro junglers, and by aggro junglers, I think you mean aggressive junglers that like champ playing champions like Lee Sin, Nidalee, and stuff like that. This one, thing you have have, to, yeah. one thing you have to realize is... Basically, just how your mind works as a person, you're going to remember them invading and doing incredibly well. You're going to remember all those moments incredibly well, and there's going to be a lot of time where they fail and they just faceplant, and you're not going to remember. You're, mm -hmm. It's just not going to stay in your mind. 
Right. So in best of ones, yes, they can play aggressive jungles, and yes, if they get a lead, they could snowball. Um, but these junglers, a lot of times, aren't the most um, cerebral. Actually, the in my personal opinion, the best best of one jungler is Rainover. Rainover is someone that's incredibly cerebral, in, that can in prep routes really well, that can think of what the enemy team will do and have a very very good prep for it, especially when it's he knows what side he's gonna play on and he knows which jungler he's gonna face. He can do a lot of research and do. But a I lot think Rainover is just better than everybody. Yeah, he like, is better it's than. It's not every... a stylistic thing. It's more of just he is just better. Best he's of saying... Best yeah. of once reward really good prep extremely. And mm -hmm. I don't think of Dardock as someone that preps really well. Dardock is yeah. someone that's very explosive. So as yeah. much as he has a good shot to take over the game in a best of one, he also has a great shot to just blow the game in a best of one. He's more of a coin flip. And you're remembering a lot of times where he landed heads and forgetting a lot of the times he I... tail. I think the coin flip, though, here's my thing, though, okay? I think the coin flip gets punished in a best of three, right? Like, okay, like, here's another example, okay? Acadian. Uh -huh. He's Acadian. I think it was, like, summer 2016, okay? I think it was that. It was this split, okay? Echo Fox was, like, seven and one mm -hmm. in their game ones. Yeah. But in their best of threes, they were, like, three and four or something like that, or, like, three and five, however the math was, Okay. And basically, that was when Acadian was getting first blood like every single game. He was killing it. But then, as a the best of three went on, right? Like, you kind of were able to check Acadian. And then the fact that Echo Fox had worse players in every role just kind of caught up. I, there right. is some truth to what you're saying. Aggressive right. players can take over a game. But if you, I don't think necessarily they're like more favored in a best of one. Like, okay. well prepped. That's fair. Well prepped. Like or defensive or control junglers can have just as much of a showing. If, one sock, I, one sock. Sorry, I have to cut you off because we we have to move on to another caller. But okay, that's cool. That's no, cool. I do, that's I do cool. think it's it's nice to have kind of this conversation about uh, what the strength of the different NALCS junglers will be because obviously we're going to see a lot of it'll be a different game once you go from best of threes to best of one. So thanks so much for calling in. Best see luck you. at the wedding. Uh, appreciate. Good luck. Tied. Okay. I think. Uh, that's how you say bye in Alabama. Is that true? Is that true? Yeah. Okay. I thought you said like stars and bars or yeah. something. Uh, I, I think with the rainover points, interesting just because he's also pairing up with Tony, who I think a lot of people hold in high regard as being like one of the best preppers out there uh, in terms of like finding unique level ones and starts and things like that. Yeah. That's also in my video about CLG. I don't watch your videos. Look who just came on the show to be like, as you would know from my video on TSM, my video on, on Clutch Gaming, uh, if you check out my video for this, it's like he's just pumping that shit. It's good. Uh, all right. Yeah, so you put him in chat as you, as you kind of like, well, if you saw this video, link it. <laughs> <laughs> Linking this in chat right now. Uh, you can check out the YouTube description where I'm sure Travis will post it as well. Uh, thank you to FTL, FTBoyBL54 for the sub, SyrupBoy24, uh, Wrath of Khan, and MellowJello100. For the subs appreciate it. all you subs are wonderful people you get access to emotes by the way there's new emotes there's a mark face now a cool version of me and a kelby uh you committed to a mark face emote oh yes. my god your relationship's a lot more serious than I, know. I, I, I have a scar emote too or yeah. i'm in scar's emote list as well yeah Damn. uh zaffer is joining the show zaffer where are you calling from i'm from canada canada okay am i pronouncing your name correctly 
uh, Zafar. Zafar, I'm sorry, like Jafar from uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah, it, it rhymes, but not related. Okay, not related. So you're not an evil. <laughs> you're not a genie. Power hungry genie. No. Okay. Oh, so... I guess he wasn't a genie. He became a genie. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it Spoilers. depends on if you're talking about Aladdin two or Aladdin three, because in that he is a genie. Is anyone ever talking about those when they talk about Aladdin? You know, I think they're underrated. Zafar, what are you calling it to talk about? Uh, I, I've i seen a lot of stuff on Reddit and stuff where people are saying Golden Guardians are going to be bottom two or worst in the league. Uh, I don't think they'll be bottom two. I think Optic will be the worst. Uh, and I think it'll be a similar situation to uh, to FlyQuest last year where High Shot Calling will kind of bring the team together. Uh, and uh, what about my and like the, this, this synergy will kind of like outshine a lot of other rosters who will kind of be chaotic and haven't kind of got their shit together this, yet. This would have been a more interesting call if you'd called in and you'd been like, Golden Guardians isn't going to be bottom two. They're going to be bottom one. This team sucks. So that, you know, we just get to argue with Loki. I do think other teams have higher ceilings and that they'll flop later on. Uh, which, which, which like, like FlyQuest wasn't in the bottom in their first split, like they went like seven and zero, but then they went like zero and seven, and I think yeah. it'll be something. Similar. I just love when people talk about feelings. You know what a feeling is? Feeling is Ferrari sitting in your garage. Like in the history of League of Legends, there's very very few times where a team can't beat another team because their feeling isn't high enough. League of Legends teams, and due to how teams are, and due to League of Legends being an imperfect, imperfect game. It matters so much more regarding your floor than your ceiling. Like honestly, this is a question to Mark and to Travis and the viewer and the caller. It's like, when has feeling been a problem for a team? Like, legitimately, just answer me that question. This team did not do well because their ceiling was too low, not because of their floor. I think in regular season that has been the case. Even in playoff, give me an example where a team. Because their ceiling wasn't high enough, they could not win. Not because of their floor. I would have to think more on it, but I bet there has been some example where, like, one team just, like, there's really no chance. Like, you're not going to outlane Bjerg. Yeah, I'm certainly yeah. not the, the guy, but, That's like... That's the floor. Not the... being able to lane is a floor thing. Ceiling is, like, because he wasn't as good as, like, ceiling... It's just such a dumb concept, and it's so unrealistic that team plays at its 100%. It's more what, so every team is playing at it's like sixty percent, seventy percent, and the higher you can get to a hundred percent matters so much. More yeah, but I think that's feeling. the point. Is like you have a water balloon yeah. that can hold like a hundred pounds. Like I'm not saying the water balloon's gonna get to a hundred pounds, but it's capable. It might get to eighty or ninety, whereas like another water balloon can only hold fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. It also won't get to fifty pounds, but it's only gonna get to forty or something. Even if but they're the, all what the majority but, of the problem is, even before going to fifty pounds. The water balloons popping. Majority of your water yeah. balloons is popping before it's going to fifty pounds. Right, That's right, right. Like ninety-nine percent of the case in League of Legends. But like maybe yeah. another way to put it is that like it's it's their ceiling is high, but they're also raising their floor as the season as the split goes on. So they start with a low floor because they haven't played together, they don't have synergy, and then as they play more together, their floor raises. So it's more I of an elevator. This is this yeah. is a really abstract way of people saying that they don't see a world where Golden Guardians playing at their best ever beats TSM, assuming that their balloon hasn't fucking exploded completely. Maybe not this split, 
but right. maybe not this flip, but in the future, what if it, we can definitely get up there and we can grow. And the fact that we have potential for our players to consistently grow, like ceiling honestly doesn't matter. And it's Sorry. just such a stupid concept. Just, just a quick question, uh, again, because I'm not the analyst guy, so I'm just being the everyman and asking this question. But like a team like Envy last year, I think a lot of people felt like, with the exception of Lyra, a lot of those players weren't like like they had low skill ceilings like a lot of people would say apollo's never low gonna be skill ceilings like their problem was seraph can't fucking teleport properly or he's getting <laughs> killed in lane that's a floor well, kind of problem it's not because seraph if mechanic is not 99 out of 100 we're losing it's we can't perform basic tasks so we can't function as a team that's a floor problem not a ceiling problem you know i just wanted to ask the question and i just wanted to find out you know feels like i'm in breaking point right now Zafar, uh, do you have do you have any any other questions you'd bring up? Uh, oh, I I'm I'm a CSM fan, so I think they're gonna place first this split, um, and I think they'll do pretty well at MSI. Uh, I think part of it is that like Parth was a good coach, but he was more systems based, whereas Song is more about um, strategy as well as mythy, um, and so I think that experience and knowledge will bring like a different aspect that they haven't had. Uh, other than like you're just grinding and, and like getting better at the game that way or like Reggie's base knowledge like I think The knowledge that Mythian song bring will kind of take I like I like this level. guy's takes I like him. I Thank think uh, I think TSM will, will probably finish number one as well. I think uh, the Parth uh, Song thing is is worth noting. I don't know how like involved Parth will be because I talked to him a little bit and it doesn't sound like he's gonna be that involved at all no, I, I think people... he's just general manager he's just man yeah. literally managing like hey the sponsor needs us to do this thing at this time kind of deal yeah i've heard some people talking about like the two of them combined like part the systems guy song this guy yeah. and i was like i don't even think parth really factors into the no. skill of the team anymore because it's he's just like not on that parth will do whatever tsm needs him to do if they right. need to be more involved he'll be more involved if they're functioning and being first and doing well then parth will take a step back yeah. But I remember, Loco, I think I was listening to something you were doing last week or the week before where you were saying songs the most like, most, like Korean Korean coach. Yeah. And that, like, he's not very good at, uh, or Korean coaches aren't very good at using support structures. And so I don't yeah. know how that would go into, like, support analysts or I think, coaches. I think Song will work really well with Lust Boy. I think one thing that TSM, or, I mean, this is my from my personal conversations, TSM picked the head coach, and they allowed the head coach to pick up the kind of staff they want. And I'm sure Lust Boy was also someone that TSM wanted to pick up. But I think Thong will work well with Lust Boy. Um, yeah. So, so by the way, uh, OCE Grub in the Twitch chat, I need to find the or Greb, uh, says, TSM fans say this every fucking year, Omega lol, in response to your statement that you think TSM's going to look good uh, this year, Zafar. What what about this year? Is it just the coaching <laughs> they do. show? They, they won the last I mean, three. Yeah, yeah, and and they're always in the final. Like, is there, are we they wrong? They won both splits last year. Yeah, the worst yeah. TSM has ever done was like. They're, they're the first NA team to win three splits in a row. First NA team. I'm to not win saying that TSM is bringing summer the same year. But I think the question of will it what TSM has struggled on the international stage. They can they've proven that they have domestic dominance. Do you think as a TSM fan? that this year will that will change and if so why or if not why i'll, I'll pose I that think, to you so far i guess uh what was the beginning of last year was when they had the clusterfuck of yellow star I, sorry if i not uh, uh, 
Yeah, yellow, yellow star and uh Laka Loco Doco. I can't even remember the other two guys' names, but like it, it was, it was uh, Sven and Sven and uh Hanser Beer double. No, 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 it was the the coaches. Uh, oh, Woodbuck. Charge and Woodbuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't given the best situation, but like, I mean, it it just that was terrible. And so, and then kind of uh, what is it? Uh, Parth had to step in, and it was just it was just not well organized. And so, I think I think having like not only a coach who's super knowledgeable about the game and is very focused on strategy, but also like a player like Miffy, who's like known to uh, to be super knowledgeable about the game. Like everyone who talks about Miffy says he's super smart. And I actually also like the thing Reggie brought up in that uh, it's easy to teach a player who doesn't know about the game about the game, but it's hard to get a player who doesn't talk to talk. And so the fact that Mike Young is a rookie is whatever, like he'll grow, but the fact that he likes to talk in game, I think is really good. And I don't think they've had a situation where almost everyone communicates yeah. either, we'll, so I think that factors in. We'll see. My final thoughts on this was, if you read the uh, the Players' Tribune article by Doublelift that was very interesting, was like, if you want to put it plainly, they just choked at Worlds. Like, the, he said the attitude was wrong, the atmosphere was wrong, everyone felt scared, he felt like anxiety was in the air. Like, they choked, and... You can say that's the coaching staff for not stepping up. You can say it's the captains, the, the veterans on the team, whatever it was. Um, and that's kind of scary to think about if you're a TSM fan because that means like someone on the new guys that you brought in is probably going to need to step up because they haven't done it before. Maybe that song, who knows? And then what was interesting is if you compared that to the article of Team Liquid's Dota team that won the international after losing in the first round and having to sweep through losers bracket, like they said that their captain, who's like this really quiet guy, would just like scream before the games to like amp people up because he felt like they felt this, like they the the read on the teams was exactly the same. But in Double case, no one stepped up to get them out of their funk. And then in, in the Team Liquid example, this dude like would just go ape shit so that they yeah. they couldn't be scared. I can't imagine you know? Parth ever yelling at anybody. Zafar, thank you. Hard. I'm saying like. Does TSM have someone like now that can actually lead the team? Yeah, I think we'll if find out. Know, that's that's their is far. Thank you oh, so sorry, much for calling. La, la, last thing, last thing. All I right. don't have uh, just one. I'm looking forward to Mark being back on the desk because I really like. All this. right, Zafar, good talking. And, to wait, you. wait, no. I was also the one who uh, who's making those GLC uh, weekly. Oh, that was rankings. you, dude. And yeah, so you really you good. promote Mark on the analyst desk, and then you're promoting another show. Goodbye, Zafar. Good talking oh, to you. Jeez, Travis. We'll see, so, see you so another jealous. time. Um, <laughs> Loco, what were you going to say just because I, I like this conversation? What? Oh, that. I, I forgot my train of thought. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. He's probably going to promote another show or something. Huh? Loco, let's lose. Yeah. TSM edition coming yeah. out later this week, guys. Woohoo. Uh, all right. Uh, back to shouting out subs. Mellow Jello, sub reset for uh, two months. Thank you so much. And then Naked Homeless Man has reset for two months. The impressive thing here, he's naked and homeless, and yet he still came back for the second month. Really appreciate he, the dedication there. He goes to the library with the money that he gets on the street. <laughs> yeah. And subs to your channel. I don't know how he's feeding that into the Twitch. Maybe the library and Twitch have some deal. We got, don't they have, like, mobile PayPal PayPals now? You can, like, it's like an ATM PayPal, basically. Yeah. Rico Suave, a Twitch sub, speaking of Twitch subs, is uh, to the channel, is now joining us. Rico Suave, where are you calling from? I'm calling from New York City. New York City. Nice. How there do you say go. goodbye in New York City? In? Probably, it's probably uh, not good to say it. Huh? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Very, fair enough, fair enough. 
Uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about how hyped up I am about this. Uh, the see, I mean, this split. How you have coming into this split, like you have um, Golden Guardian, Golden Guardians, aka Golden Warriors, and Clutch Gaming, aka um, Cavaliers, coming into the esports scene now. You have Nate Shot. Uh, Clutch is Clutch is the Rockets, just to be to be clear. But Nate Shot's oh. the Cavs, yeah. Nate Shot, who created 100 Thieves, now going against his former team, Optic Gaming. And it's, it's just interesting to see, you know, like, storyline being developed now, I guess. Because players that don't really talk smack, they kind of just hype up the game. Like, for example, Reggie sometimes, you know, talks smack, but then he later on says, oh, no, I'm just kidding. So oh, you want, did you you want see to see... What he, uh... Go ahead. Sorry to sidetrack, but Loki, did you see what he tweeted about how TS if TSM loses to Golden Guardians, he will do X, and it was like fill in the blank. Yeah. For Twitter responses, did you fill one in? Yeah, he'll buy me a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think your point is it's nice to hear from just a hyped caller. Is there anything in particular that you're most hyped for, Rico? Um. I just want to see how they develop because I know I forgot from where I heard this, but like somebody kind of made the suggestion of like having like that one negative, like um, kind of just like turning everybody down, saying, "Oh no, you're wrong. This is why you're wrong." That kind of stuff. But it's just change because you know, uh, besides it being the best of three, making it very boring the past two splits. Now that we are back to best of ones storyline going on I, I feel like it's going to develop to something worth watching and you know try to keep up with loco who do you what think a... who do you think will be the most interesting new rivalry and then I rico think, let uh, me know TL, too tl tl versus tsm is the most hyped because it's like the biggest one and because clg in a way like downgraded or side graded their roster um so they get like knocked off the block and then tl like Uber upgraded their roster, Doublelift getting kicked from TSM going on to TL. I think that rivalry is the most obvious and the most hyped. And I'm pretty sure Riot feels that way too because they made the first match TL versus TSM. Yeah. Rico, who's your, what team are you rooting for next year? Or the split? Oh, I, I'm going to have to disagree with Loco. I think now the CLG versus TSM rivalry is back up because of the new roster they have. Like with Oregon, you know, he was decent, but Rainover is a huge, huge upgrade. Uh huh. Being gone, and from what I'm understanding about um, Biofrost being a little bit more of a shock caller, like it's just I forgot where I heard this from. But when you have rain, when you have jungle and support synergy, it kind of just and more. Are you a CLG fan, Rico? Yeah, I'm a huge CLG fan. I'm glad that. They like I'm happy for the team. I'm a little bit worried about Worlds though, just because I don't think they haven't been exposed enough there yet. Uh, yeah. Are hey, you are you not worried about losing another star player in Aphromo and an emotional leader and an in game leader? Well, yeah, of course, but <laughs> you're gonna have to like part ways with that. Like you can't revolve your whole entire team on one person. Eventually you have to like Develop and make a, like a new captain, which I'm kind of hoping Darshan could be that person. Okay, I, I you guys know. have 
You guys have you guys picked up Rainover, who's a jungler that's very dependent on his solo laners doing well, and get snowballing solo laners. CLG solos had one of the worst early games um, out of all the top teams last split. Aren't you worried about Rainover pairing up with them? Um, no, I. This is this is coming from a very biased opinion. I I personally believe that if a jungler, I personally believe that a jungler's job is to give all the laners a head, you know, a head start. So Minerva can just give that to Darshan or Huhi, then I'm not worried about our solo laners at all. Hey, uh, Rico, you mentioned at the start of this that we'd see Golden Guardians come in with Golden Warriors uh, and Rockets come in uh, with Clutch. But you're actually, you're a CLG fan, you're in New York, and CLG now is uh, owned by MSG, which obviously is, is the New York uh, sports guys there. Does that does that affect the your interest in CLG? Well, no. I've always kind of liked CLG. I started off liking CLG because of Darshan, and then I, you know, as time went on, I just loved CLG as a franchise and all the players because they're like you know, like they're that lovey dovey team. Like you know, friendship is gonna conquer everything kind of thing. And I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, nice man. Hey, thank you so much for the call. Uh, looking forward to seeing how. All the teams do this coming year. And thanks for can sharing I, your hype with say, us. Can I just say one thing? Sure. I'm predicting CLG first, TL second, and 100 Thieves third. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. Where are you, place, where are you predicting Golden Guardians? Golden Guardians? Um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely not placing them last. I would say maybe top six. Top, top six. six. You are in playoffs, yeah, Luca. Man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Rico. Okay. I will say... Uh, I don't think the TSM CLG rivalry is going to be Fuego. I think the 100 Thieves one will be. just They play each other day two, 100 Thieves versus CLG of week one. And it's like Afro versus his former team. Was the roster move good? You know, who, which team's going to be better? And I, I think that's going to be really fun to watch all season long. Yeah. I think I think that'll be interesting. I also, I'm excited for the Optic versus Nade Shot thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Optic such an uninspiring team this year. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. And they aren't. That's my opinion. Okay. Why Why do you feel that way? Where's the star power? Where's the future? What was the goal of putting these players together? So a common comment that we get regarding Golden Guardians is, like, you guys just have shit players, which I don't think is true at all. But we had a definite direction that we wanted to take and the kind of players that we were looking for, and we put that together. For optic, it feels very ragtag. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Hey, we got paper. We got paper bat on the show right now. Paper bat, where are you calling from? I am calling from Seattle, Washington. From Seattle. Okay, I'm going to turn you down a little bit because you're a little loud. Uh, Ed, a lot. how are things going in Seattle? Oh, the, it's it's raining all the time. Yeah. But like, I was in Chicago for break, so it's pretty nice. Can't complain. Yeah, because. Uh, and would you rather be in Southern California right now? What'd you say? Sorry, you cut out. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I would definitely want to be there. Assuming okay. there's no fires. Good, because I was yelling. Kelby today was bitching about how California sucks. Move to Seattle. It's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Screw that. Okay, paper bat. What, what's your question for us? What do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a little less of a question and more of a conversation starter because I have my own opinion. Uh -huh. But we talked at the beginning about what we sort of viewed for 2018. And I think that some changes to the analyst desk would be fantastic. Not because 
they aren't intelligent and bring up good points. But it's that it's just kind of boring, and it becomes this waste or this time sink in between games yeah. where I put the stream on mute, I go to the bathroom, I make food, whatever it is. And I think that given how much personalities there are in the casters, there's a good way to turn this into something interesting. And that way is to replace Mark with the casters, right? Oh, what a great idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you find boring about the Antelope stuff? I actually think it's one of the most interesting parts. You have like people giving opinions on like what they thought about the game, what teams could have done differently, where casting is more of just telling the story and telling what's happening in the game. I actually find Antelope stuff super interesting, other than when Mark talks. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that. Um, okay, I think the, the first thing to, to say is that I definitely watch... A, a lot of me watching League is I just love how it's so flashy. I'm not someone who gets down and deep and is looking through all these stats and realizing why some teams are better or worse than others. So maybe the analyst desk was never um, tailored towards me. However, um, I love watching like supplemental content for uh, football. So I think that there is still a place for like a casual fan. And I think the the key is to break up like the time at the analyst desk where sure you recap the game, but also know that there's gonna be all this like talk on Reddit afterwards and we do like or we do, Riot does the breakdown. So I think that having something like board bets where people on the analysts on the desk make uh like friendly bets and the one I said as an example is maybe, oh, Aftermoo has the most supports uh, most assists as support for the season, or, oh, I think Team Liquid won't lose an inhibitor versus TSM in the first match, and just these right. things that sort of add another thing to root for in the game and for your favorite personalities helps uh, bring some interest to the analyst desk. Are you making a note of that, Mark? Uh, I mean, I agree to an extent. Like, obviously, the analyst desk isn't for everyone, and how it's been in the past has been much more focused on people who want to like hear what the thoughts on the game were, not just like be entertaining for the the bigger scope of users or like viewers you know it wasn't like trying to entertain everybody uh they were trying like to entertain people... loco apparently well no. like the people who sit and watch the analyst desk are people who did not get up and go pee and get another piece of pizza and stuff like they're the people who want to hear more so i think we were trying to give more in-depth look at things. Um, and if you want to go flip over to the other stream to keep watching the game or whatever it was, that was pretty easy to do. Um, but I do think it fell prey to becoming pretty repetitive. Uh, and that's a lot of the same uh, strategies were talked about. I also don't know why I interrupted you, so I apologize. Yeah, shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, it seems like the color dude likes more of the entertainment aspect. His name is Paper Bat, Lokodoko. Okay. Looks like Paper Bat looks like more of, likes more of the entertainment aspect of an analyst desk and more of like fun parts than the analytical part or the strategical parts, and which is completely fine. Um, people yeah. watch League of Legends for a different thing. I mean, I have not enjoyed an analyst desk as much, and everybody's gonna say it's because Peter. But as as much as I did back in the day, whenever it was like Monty, three. Monty Peter, and Monty. Peter and uh, Crepo and all those guys like making fun of each other and crumbs doing the little CLG hat or boat thing that fell off. This. Like there's just uh, so many good moments there. And I think, uh, analyst desk is much more like it took, it, it is part of a bigger trend that I've seen the LCS take year over year where it's gotten like, it feels like it's gotten more and more serious, more and more like formulaic. Here's like the serious analysis of this thing. And, 
And I think there's a place for that in the analyst test. You can still have that, but I think sort of Monty, adding more characters Monty, yo, Monty was one of the best analysts League of Legends has ever had. He knew the game very well. He invested a lot of time into it. And he was very entertaining. He was very fun that, to yeah. listen to. Well, okay, the question, though, is... He, Loco... he, was, he was a showman, which I think yeah. is something that you can say went down. I think more people on the analyst desk got focused on being right than they were about being a showman yeah um which and, is something that like i tried to do more of during like the the play-in stage where like i got the burger and i ate a burger and i started doing like the be woo whoop shit because like like i feel like you just need more are you spinning a box cutter loco it's it's a ceramic box cutter but yeah why it seems dangerous i don't know demonetized <laughs> demonetized um <laughs> But yeah, I think I think Monty was a great showman. I think that's something now that everyone has to cuz before like I said, dual stream, people didn't have to watch the analyst desk, but now that like it's single stream in this, I I know I want to make sure that like we bring some of the showmanship and the fun back to it. Is the box cutter at all related to your new coaching techniques on Golden Guardians? <laughs> no. It's it's a ceramic box cutter. You can't even really cut stuff with it. Okay, well don't try to show me that. Um I, I have one question for you, Loco. Who's the better analyst, Jat or Monte Cristo? <laughs> Monty's a better entertainer. Jat probably knows more about okay. the game. Okay, let me stop you right there and explain how Jat is the better. It's a meme. Uh, remember the whole... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, Took a I want to bring up, though, uh, to you, Loco Doco. So uh, we're, you're talking about how the analyst desk has its um, place and how it's really you really enjoy it because of what it brings to the table. Yeah. However, if we view 2018 as this big new franchise season where we're going to bring in lots of new fans, don't you think they'll fit more in lines with sort of where I'm coming from versus the hardcore league fans and players that we're already looking for that level of detail? So here's a really interesting um, thing for you to think about. For, let's say, 100 people watch football. How many of them do you think actually play football and know football strategies on an in-depth level? Uh, a, a very small amount. Very, very few. Let's say 100 people watch League of Legends. How many people do you think actively play League of Legends and know League of Legends on a strategical level or have played League of Legends in the last week? Probably like 80 to 90%. Yeah, so the traditional analyst test for traditional sports caters to a different audience than the desk for League of Legends does for the League of Legends fan base. Traditional sports oh, suck. <laughs> Travis, so, did hear anything Loco said and just heard traditional sports. Yeah, so that's yeah. his default it's the exactly. viewer, viewer base interacts with League of Legends very differently than the viewer base for football interacts with football. I feel like the analyst desk on traditional sporting things are boring, and I feel like the analyst desk for NALCS lately has been boring. Hmm? Well, I think, I think the thing we want to avoid the most this season is repetitiveness because I feel like that's where the boringness comes from. Like when you go in depth and it's really analytical in a game where it should be, like great. And then at times, like you know, we had two streams going on, we were watching it, we pulled the most important moments, we grabbed the thing, we just like kind of like start defaulting. And I think that's the the big focus is getting rid of the kind of feel like that there is such a thing as like this is the default analyst desk, you know. Yeah. Now, uh, Mark, I want to throw it over to you. Uh, in this replay brought to you by Acer, Predator by Acer, uh, what do you think of blah, blah, blah? Yes. It's just like... Well, it, 
yeah and, and you can still do replays but you can have more fun with them like you know call the call it like a like a you know like branded as like the stupid replays where instead of like a replay where we're like this guy comes in and great timing on this you're just like what the hell was billy boss doing teleporting two feet you know like those kinds of things yeah uh, like like when it's a funny replay like be funny with it and stuff like that yeah all right well anyway thank you so much paperbat for calling in I uh, hope you're hold, holding it down in Seattle. And uh, thanks for the analyst test conversation, because I actually think that was a pretty good one. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, have a good one. There we go. This, this is more analyst discussion than we're going to get, uh, I think, in the, all the rest of the episodes of this year. Uh, the Real J Smooth has sub. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Corey Lulu gifted a sub to Risen Lazarus. Always a good thing. Uh, if you have a friend or a significant other that's coming up on a birthday or a holiday or something, feel free to sub them to my channel. Massey is here. How's it going, Massey? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Sydney, Australia. Woohoo! Okay, wait. Can you say some more words? Because it didn't sound like you had an Australian accent. Uh, g'day, mate. Okay, perfect. We verified <laughs> you. Great, fantastic. Uh, Loco, quick, look up how you say goodbye in Australian. Uh, what? Uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, what time is it there? Uh, 5 p.m. Oh, great. Okay, so we're we're prime coming up on prime time Australia time. Uh, what yep. do you, what did you want to talk about? I reckon Cloud Nine has the best on paper roster. Ooh, and you're reckoning too, so that's a big deal. Uh, so why Cloud Nine? Because Loco made a, a groan. Um, their bottom four or their core three that they're keeping from last season with Jensen, Sneaky, and Smoothie, I think are like top three. In their top roles. two, yeah, all top two in their roles. I agree with you 100%. Oh, I just think with uh, Sneaky, it might be top two is a bit hard to argue, but yeah. Ben is unproven in NA, he might not do as well, and the other one definitely is double. I think there's definitely an argument for top two, but I right, go on. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Top two is a good argument, but um, and I also think Spence Garen was top two as well, uh, and with the meta coming up, I feel like there's going to be lots of tank play, so Licorice doesn't have as much room to get bashed on by all these Korean top laners. So there is potential for a lot of carry play in top lane, and Licorice is good, but I think it's really hard to say C9 has a has the best roster on paper. So on paper is when everything goes well, right? And then it does how good is that team. If everything goes well for TSM and TL, I think it's very fair to say that they have the better roster on paper but i do think c9 has a good shot and i think licorice is good uh yeah i, I just feel like oh yeah you go oh i was gonna ask look I, I assume you guys have scrimmed against cloud nine a little bit and jack's been very vocal that scrims have been going well has has licorice like impressed you thus far are you hyped for him coming into the league if you've played him uh I, we did play them but i'm not sure if they were using a sub because they, they had, had their nameplates, yeah. No, no, they had a few people, Mia. Jack did tell me they were using a sub, but I forgot if it was for top. But I did play against Licorice a lot in Challenger. Uh, I think he's pretty LCS ready, and I think he's good. But, man, you're asking a lot out of a rookie. Licorice came up to me at the New Year's Eve party, introduced himself, and said, Hi, I'm Licorice. I've watched your interviews before. I just wanted to introduce myself. No other pro player has ever done that. All right, I have to find these people. I say I introduce myself. And they're like, "Yeah, I've seen your shit. Whatever." This guy, he's my my pick for this year. 
He's, he's so when are you it. doing an interview with him? Uh, hopefully the first the first week. I'd, I'd love to. When he yeah. proves that C9 is the best team on paper. Yeah, exactly. Yes, to get to the interview. So wait, so uh, Loco, who would you you made a groaning noise about this? Do you do you feel there are other teams that are that are more deserving of the best team on paper? Yeah, TLTS then easily. Okay. Yeah, he said that already, Travis. Come on. I'm sorry, I missed it. I was lining up that joke about licorice. Uh, and Massey, you don't think that you you disagree with the TLTSM thing? Uh, I just feel like Mike Young's going to get turned into another ward. But I mean, I, it, I guess it's a meme at this point. But like, Svenskeren's such an aggressive jungler, and I feel like Cloud Nine upgraded so much over Contracts. I think Contracts was like really overrated, and it was inconsistent at times. I feel like don't you dare have... say that about Contracts. Well, <laughs> overrated. <laughs> I think overrated, like he's still amazing. I, th I think Contracts is top four, but like I think it was inconsistent at points. And like there were games where he solo carried Cloud9, but then there were games where it was like he was the weakest link by far. Very good. Hey, Massey, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, throw another shrimp on the Barbie. I don't, I don't know. I got, I got nothing. A dingo ate my baby. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it great to just call in and have these ignorant Americans? Okay, have a good one. You too. See ya. All right. Uh, coming up on uh, the final 20 or so minutes of the show. Uh, I asked Zix, who's also in chat, another LCS coach, what he thinks of Licorice. And he said, he's low middle of the pack at the moment. I think he'll do better with experience. So, so Zix, by the way, who is always on the show or in the chat, Never wants to call in, never wants to be on the show, and does everything he can to dodge interviews. But guess what? He has to do an interview with me tomorrow. That's right, Zix. I'm coming for you. Wait, I'll see you tomorrow. To? Uh, because Nick Allen told him he has to. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm... Being friends with someone's boss is pretty nice, huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go do an interview with some of the CLG guys tomorrow, So, and, and Zix will be one of them. No spoilers, but look, look he's, he's baby raging in the, in the chat. Uh, all right, got a couple more calls left. Tony, I know that feel when your boss makes you do content with Travis. Yeah. Uh. Loco didn't want to be on the show today, but based hunter. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Loco, Loco was not. Uh, Cotter, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, how are things in St. Louis? Uh, well, the weather has been really cold for a long time, but there's this nice flu outbreak that got to me. Nice. So I've been, yeah, if I can't talk as well as I want. Sorry, okay. But well, yeah, no, I've been looking a lot into esports, so. Nice. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the downtime lets you, you get excited and hyped for LCS. I do like, by the way, that by the end of these episodes, I feel like I can do a weather map of uh, all sorts of areas <laughs> around the U.S., uh, Connor, in a second, Loco's going to get off his phone so that he can catch your your question or your topic. But what would you like to bring up? I I honestly think that NA easily makes it out of groups this year at Worlds. Woohoo! Okay. Almost, I I almost think we make. I think we might make semis. I just think we NA gained a lot of talent this off season. So. Well, so we've made it out of groups every year, or for, for the last two years. Um, so doing that isn't necessarily an improvement, but do you feel like we'll have more than one team make it out, or do you that, mean all, I, all the teams? I think I think that's more what I mean. Yeah, I think there's going to be at least two teams that make it out of groups this year. Okay. I think we go past quarters because we've been capped at quarterfinals this year. Okay. I just I see a lot of new talent. It's great. Yeah. 
Well, you're lighting up our Twitch chat like maybe no other caller has so far. Uh, so what? Yeah, well, go ahead and, and make your argument. You said you said a lot of talent, but can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, like we got we cut out a lot of the players that were like just you know didn't perform very well. Seraph was one that comes to my mind really quickly. I just I don't know. I remember him being bad, but you know, Seraph, Intori, a lot of these players that got memed, Golden Glue. Uh, a lot of this team with the block roster that I'm looking at. I have the rosters pulled up so I don't say something stupid. Sure. Um, <laughs> I should do yeah, that more often. <laughs> yeah, also we signed a lot of like the top EU talent, so sorry EU, we kind of just like stole from you guys. But I think, I don't know, and the format of NALCS kind of goes towards it too, with it being best of ones now, and that's how Worlds is kind of played. I mean, a lot of people would disagree with you because they would say that we're going to have a lot less practice because we won't have as many games and the, all that kind of thing. Uh, do you, you disagree with that, Connor? I think the majority of... I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken about how orgs work, but I, I still think they're going to get a lot of scrims in, and that's where a lot of their practice comes in. Yeah. So I can't I, I can't... I don't see them getting... They might have less time on stage, but even I would then, love to, it's more uh... important I would love to ask Loco Doco about that. How important do you think best of three regular season stage time was to a team's overall practice? Important. Playing, you learn a lot on stage, definitely. I mean, it's important. I, I, I can't put a number on it, but it is important. Do you think it's the kind of thing, though, where like you would look at the change from best of three to best of one and be like, Ah, this is actively bad for North America to the point where we'll have tangible negative results for our region. No, I don't think it's gonna make that big of a ripple. No way. So there you go. It sucks. I agree. It's not as as nice as best of three, but it's not. And no one should lose internationally and come back and say, "Well, ah, fuck our region's best of one." Okay. Tony told me to put the box cutter down. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> you listen to him and not me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tony's my boss. <laughs> Is that Along with Connor. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know. Hey, Connor, so one thing you mentioned was um, NA teams are going to get out of groups because there's so much talent. I feel like the Korean teams upgraded their roster, and China has been consistently getting better, and them weeding out Korean imports and going all Chinese for a lot of teams actually strength, strength, strengthens a lot of the teams. And EU... Every year, people say it's the end of EU. They lost so much talent, but the EU rookies rise up and replace them very well. So it's not NA is competing versus NA. NA is competing versus these other reasons. Do you think the upgrades that NA made is going to put them over? Because you're not considering what the other reasons are doing or how they got better. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to lie. I don't. <laughs> I don't follow other regions too closely. I just. I took. I took. I take a look at these. Like, so it's a gut feeling. Thing. It, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's where I have to say. I mean, for some reason, like I have this gut feeling that the week two curse is dropping. So, like, you know, that's always a big meme is the week two. I, I have a gut feeling that that's gonna stop. Because, you know why week two curse happens for NA? I mean, it's it's an attitude thing. I don't if they get they get cocky. It has to be different for different that's teams. They, NA but... usually gets shit on, or NA doesn't like. They do decent, but I don't think they do well enough to get cocky. I don't think that's the reason. Lo uh, Loco, what do you think is the reason why teams don't do well second week? So, I don't think Korea or China naturally are very like, smarter strategically about League of Legends, but they're more unified and they're more 
one voice and it's a lot easier to adapt with one voice telling you what to do more so than a lot of um, democratic um, approach that NA usually takes. Hmm. So do you, here's a question for you, Loco. So it sounds like you disagree with Connor's assessment that NA will perform better at Worlds this year. Uh, I think NA has the potential to, but I think his reasonings are bad. Okay. Yeah, I think Loco's saying it's not due to roster moves if we perform better, okay. mostly. So what, uh, Loco, what do you think would allow NA to perform better this year at Worlds? I mean, better coaching and more structure. But NA, the power for player versus coaches is very shifted towards players in general right now. And Is that why you have the box cutter? <laughs> oh my god, I... <laughs> No, I think our team, actually, I love coaching our team. Our team gives me the respect I feel like I deserve, and I love being here. I would never cut them with a box cutter. <laughs> oh, you think the police are going to watch this? Or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't me, Officer. Look, yeah, on, yeah. I said two months ago. Yeah, I think he's worried that Hunter or somebody at Golden State Warriors, <laughs> he's like, uh, uh, no, no, didn't you see the part where I said explicitly I would never cut them with a box cutter? No, uh, um. I think what will allow NA to do better at Worlds, which is somewhat happening already, is good NA talent not having jobs on LCS. So someone like, well, I guess Froggen's a bad example. He's not an NA talent, but someone like Froggen not having a job and a lot of the NA players not having a job. When there is more capable players than there is spots, there's competition for the spots. And when there's competition for the spots, the bar rises up more and more so. And as we invest more into academy and as we get more and more capable players and the competition becomes tougher and tougher in NA to hold the LCS spot, the overall league, the bar for the league rises and we get better and better teams. Doesn't that sound a lot like what Connor said though? Connor basically said, we have imported a lot of really good talent. And so theoretically we're a stronger region because we've got better talent. You're saying, look, Important there are talent good... doesn't make your talent pool deeper. It makes you better temporarily, and that's not how you do better at Worlds. But aren't aren't a lot of the NA good NA players that aren't that don't have jobs right now or are competing for jobs? Haven't they been pushed out by by immigrant players? Is it, to to bring a, a a little bit of a political approach how, to this? How long do these imports stay here? How long do these imports actually invest into NA and get? make the NA teams better. They're not the long-term future for the NA teams. Like the long-term for the fu long-term future for the NA teams are the younger LCS players or the academy players that the teams are investing into that will get better and that will compete for spots in the future. Yeah, I just feel like you mentioned Froggen, uh, you know, and let's just say he is an NA player. Uh, it feels like one of the reasons Froggen isn't here is because now we've got Fabivan and Power of Evil over so here. We replace one import with another import. That doesn't raise the strength of NA overall. Like okay. It's the lower tier players getting better and it's the younger and the new talent getting better and better and being more competitive. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Connor, thank you so much for calling in. We got a couple uh, remaining callers, but thank you again for, for reaching out. Yeah, uh, no problem. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. All right. The show's winding down. We got a couple more uh, people to speak with. Uh, let's see, did anybody sub? Oh, yes. Uh, Sayotakal has subbed. I don't think I mentioned you before. Maybe I did. Poison Saber and uh, Morphous Games comes in for two months. Wait, he gifted a sub to Mark. 
Poison hey. games, or Morpheus Games sub, uh, gifted a sub to Mark, meaning that Mark is now a two-month sub. Thank you, Mark, for your continued But sub. I let it run out. Does it make me a two-month sub? Uh, speaking of subs, we've got Ichirakuman. I, I still can't pronounce your name. Can you pronounce it for me? Ichirakuman. Ichirakuman. Okay. Remind me again where you're calling from. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Is this your third time on the show or second? It's my third. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's it was your third too. Yeah. How's it yes, good questions. Yeah, good questions. Uh, what is your what's your statement or your your position? What do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, so basically, most of the hype in terms of like uh, who's going to come out on top at the end of the spring split has really been around like Team Liquid and TSM, and uh, I think that TL is a little bit overhyped in that. I don't get as much excitement like they have probably like easily top two players in all their roles I think uh, like the thing the problem I have with them is that a lot of their core players have played together before so it's, to me it feels like it's harder for them to have a higher ceiling than their than oh there's the ceiling look 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 who's getting triggered right now did you see or did you catch our earlier discussion about ceilings no, I didn't. Okay, I yeah, Loco went on a rant earlier about why ceilings is uh, it's a red herring, but okay, but okay. continue on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So you're saying TL has a a lower ceiling because we've seen these guys perform together before, and it wasn't like they became the next, uh, you know. It's not like they team. won an ALCS or anything or made finals. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't win against I, TSM. No, no, no they they, they did. They, no, no. This Double is the and. Well, I'm talking about like the most recent, like in summer with Immortals, because Immortals, a lot of Immortals is now on Team Liquid. Uh, Don't you think okay. TL is a better version of the old Immortals? Yeah, I do. But for me, See, I like TSM's improvements more because I think they need a bigger change. I, th I think that Team Liquid will be stronger for a while. I don't think that TSM will be better until later on. Uh, um, uh, so what's your question or discussing point? Uh, I it was more just about that and then how I also am shaky on the double lift and Ole bot lane. Like I think that one, the language barrier I think is gonna be an issue. Like I know Ole speaks like pretty good English, but like it's a lot of pro players have talked about how like even like a slight lapse in like fluidity of speech can like be a really big thing, a really big difference. Uh -huh. And then like double lift has mainly always been like a really laning focused AD carry and what oh what Ole has been really strong at has been like roaming and working with his jungler, and uh, which may which may help because Doublelift likes to call junglers down to his lane and stuff, but I could see problems with that, especially because recently Doublelift has been talking about how he's like trying to rein in like Ole's really ham style and stuff, mm -hmm. and it seems like there might be some conflicting things, especially going up against like uh, the already like battle tested TSM bot lane. Um. So you talk about, um, what is it, Ole's English, right? Um, mm -hmm. In a game of League of Legends, when you're communicating, around how many words do you think like, we use regularly? Uh, what do you mean? Like, like how many uh, words? Like, like unique words, he means. Like how many yeah. unique words do you think you're going to say in a, in a match? Like 20? Oh, come on. That's way too low. Loco always asks these questions, and then people just don't know. Uh, I, I have no I, idea, Loco. Maybe like 50 different words or something. It's like not that many, around, right? It's like so Dragon, Baron, uh, Roaming, Bot, etc., etc. I mean, 
conversationally, like people use between like thousand words regularly, just every day. And then what is it in a League of Legends, like on a professional level, like due to how much similar situations you get in, I'd imagine somewhere between hundred and two hundred, um, mm -hmm. like unique words and. Olay's played in Brazil, Olay's played in Taiwan, Olay's played in America. League of Legends is a very League of Legends is a common unifying language. And after playing in those regions, he knows all the 200, 300 words like that's required to communicate. So I don't think communication will be a problem. But I do think you have a very valid point and Olay is a more roam heavy support, while Double Lift is a more lane focused support. And I think TL views Double Lift as their future and they signed them on for three years so i think ole will adapt to double lift and i think ole does respect double lift a lot so he'll change his style to fit him loco what did you think of uh ole at worlds when he ended up on a lot more of like the ardent sensor meta picks and he like did it didn't feel like he was ta like taking over the games at all the way that we were used to seeing in north america how much of that do you think was like increased competition versus meta a lot of meta. I think Ole's strengths are laning and roaming. I think Ole's weaknesses are... I think Ole's weaknesses are his shot calling and understanding the game. And yeah, I think he was in a meta where he shined the most with Karma and Bark and he looked really great and he wasn't really tested on his weaknesses. And when it became more ardent and more about team fighting and setting up and knowing the map, um, Ole suffered a lot. Okay, I have a I have a retort to Loco's the language barrier won't be an issue. If if it's not the language barrier, it's definitely the communication. Because the other day, I went and got Shake Shack with Ole and Double Lift. This is a true story. And it was the first time that Ole had been to Shake Shack, and they order the food, and we all go sit down and wait for the food to come, and then the uh, uh, food gets the buzzer goes off. They go up and pick it up. They come back. And Ole is literally like, what about the fries? You didn't order me the fries. And Peter's like, oh, shit, I didn't realize you wanted fries. And then for the rest of the dinner, Ole kept bringing up the fries. So I'm a little worried about what's going to happen here. Uh, you know, Double Up didn't even go back and buy extra fries. It, it just seems like this could be an issue. To, to give a little bit of fairness to Travis's ridiculous story, uh, Language barrier, I agree with Loco, is a bigger issue not in-game, but, like, in the discussions afterwards. And if you have a player who's, like, slightly temperamental and there's a language barrier, they can very easily get frustrated, like, during a scrim set. And then your productivity drops, and then, like, it hurts long-term much more than, like, oh, man, we were in a game, and, like, my my AD carry didn't understand that I said a gank was coming. Like, I feel like that's a lot less of the concern with communication problems as as opposed to actually the situation Travis is kind of talking about where people can't get their thoughts to their teammate on exactly what they're thinking when they have the time um, without, like, translators and stuff getting involved. Yep. So I, 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 I just want... Kind of see... Yeah, there's going to be some issues by week six, and I'm going to link this. I'm going to be like, remember the fucking Shake Shack story? I think Travis is ridiculous, but... <laughs> I can see a little bit of what what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, I can't remember if it was the previous caller or maybe like two callers ago. The one that was talking about how like uh, he really thinks that NA will get to semis next year. I really this don't is, agree yeah. with that. I think if anything, it looks worse. Like just based off of last world, it's like it's it seems like that uh, EU is really good at growing talent, and China just seemed way better because they had two teams in semis. Yeah. 
and Korea's Korea, and it just really doesn't seem like NA can have like a sure thing or like reliable thing to get them like past what they've and done already. I agree with you. And the other dude was just talking from how he felt about the excitement of the league more so than rational thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you so much uh, for calling in. Thank you for continuing to be a sub. And uh, hey, keep bringing up great topics. Yeah, yeah, see ya. Thanks, dude. All right. Uh, Travis, I'm hungry and I have work to finish. Yeah, I know. We've got eight minutes left and then and then we'll be done. What are you going to eat? Um, Shake Shack or you, because you talked about Shake Shack, I want in and out. Okay. Are you going to go get it? Um, I'll probably finish work and I'll go with one of my coaches. Oh, nice. Is Rachel there? Uh, no, Rachel got her play. She okay. came earlier for work. Oh. Hey guys, can we try and keep this about? A sh we're trying to run a show here, right? Harmless has been in the, in this room for like fifteen <laughs> seconds. Harmless, where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from Chile. From okay. Chile? Yes. Woo How do you say goodbye in Chile? In Chilean. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ciao. Okay. Like, maybe like in Italian kind of thing. Yeah. But... yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, we're roaming the world. We got Germany. We've got Australia. We've got now. We got Chile. All right, harmless. Where? Uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, I wanted to talk about the, like the talent and the support role for this guy because I think that um, we all we don't always talk about the supports. Like, um, for example, last year uh, with Ole as a candidate for for MEP, so we don't give credit to supports. And maybe uh, you could elaborate on that, the fact that um, supports, I, I think that are like, the, the level of talent here in uh, in NA is really, really good. What do you think? Uh, I did an exercise recently at Riot where like we ranked all the players based off, uh, like just like how good we thought they were. So like one, two, three, four, five, one through 10. And yes. then what we did afterwards was try to assign scores. So if like one is a hundred, where do people go after that? And f at least it felt like for us, I think I remember it was the same way with the jungler, but I think support was also like relatively top loaded where there were like a couple pretty good, really good ones. And then like a, a pretty big drop before like the next category. So I think on the high end maybe, but I think there, it's not like that, entire position is stacked. I don't know how Loco feels. I think by importing, <laughs> NA has made mid actually their strongest position because... Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I so agree when you're an import, right, you have to be one of the best in your region to come and fight for an import slot. And mid is a role that's 8 out of 10 if imported. So 8 out of 10 these are like world-class mid laners that we're bringing and the other two are pole vaulter and high so mid naturally is the best position in my opinion support isn't mm -hmm. a role that doesn't get imported much so it's mostly an a player so naturally you're competing regionally versus competing international hmm. yeah i think ole is the one that we've imported and he's one of the first supports to really push for MVP and he got rank one in the solo key ladder and was like smashing kids last split. So I think that kind of points to how Loco is like saying like if you get imported, you must be a beast basically, or you're gonna get you're gonna get dropped because you're not worth the slot. 
Mm. Well, I'll, I also wanted to talk about the 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 branding topic. The oh, I think that's the one I, I, I mean, pulled, I pulled you in for. Yes. So I I wanted to uh, have maybe Loco's insight. So about how the te the new teams are are going to approach branding. Okay. Because. Because, for example, for me, that I don't follow uh, too much the NBA, I don't really know uh, too much the, those orgs. So for me, it's really easy. It's really easy to just focus on the old guard. But I, as a fan of league, I would also want to know about the, these new teams that are going to stay uh, for a long time. So, to have a strong branding, you need to have a strong identity, right? For mm -hmm. most teams, their identity has been players in the past. When you think CLG, you think Doublelift. When you think TSM, you think Bjergsen. When you think Cloud9, now you think Sneaky. And in traditional sports, um, the branding is more attached to the team itself and an yes. idea of a team and yeah. how that team is. And I think that's what the new orgs eventually want to become and all the org orgs too, they want to have an identity as a team that people can relate to. And when people think of Golden Guardians, maybe they think of this way about a team. When they think of Clutch Gaming, they think this way about a team more so than players. So I think that's a future of branding, more mm -hmm. team branding and more team identity than a brand that's represented by singularly by few players. Yeah, maybe I think it's because the fact that uh, overall, even though the game has been out for like seven years or, so, or something, uh, uh, if we think about it like uh, as a sport, it's really in diapers, you know, so I don't know, maybe it's really, for example, what it what it is uh, for a fan, what is SKT without Faker? I mean, they're still SKT, SKT has a history of success in StarCraft and in League of Legends. And yeah, they have yeah, Koma, I... like if, if Faker left and Koma didn't, you could see a world where like Koma it definitely, is someone... Yeah, it definitely take a hit. It but was, I yeah. think they still have, yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, SKT from a league standpoint. Uh, SKT from sorry. a league standpoint, even without Faker, I think they have the infrastructure, and still Bang and Wolf are extremely good players, and they could they could still build up a roster that's top in Korea. But I do agree, like Faker is a huge part of SKT's identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's also, I don't it's also, mean... it's also a weird example to take like literally the most popular player in the world. And be like, what would happen with this team's branding if they lost him? It's like better to be like, you know, what would happen to KT if they lost, you know, Smeb? Score? Yeah, or something, I, you know, like. For, for example, I think TSM would still survive without Bjergsen. Yeah. And then a few years ago, when you think of. Yeah. Sure. Can Cloud9 survive without Medios and High and Sneaky and Lemon all being on the same team? Probably most people would have said no, but. Cloud9 survived beyond that, and they grew the new yes. players they have on the team. Yep. Yeah, I think that's very true. I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm pretty excited to sort of see how all the teams approach the branding stuff this year, because I, I already feel like a lot of them, it, it was really neat for me to see Riot unveil, unveil all the different teams with all their different logos and sort of their their descriptions and all that kind of thing. And I, I hope now that, especially knowing that there's no relegation, Riot will be able to present like a more solidified, like these are the 10 teams, these are the 10 names. Like, I think that'll be good. Yes. So, and, and I'm also really excited to, I'm looking forward to, to the content that the new teams put out. 
yeah. if they do. Yeah. Like, Loco, what's your first repeating series as Golden Guardians? Do you know? First repeating series. So here's like a video about, series. Here's the thing about content, right? So we should put out content, and we are going to put out content. But we can put out all the content in the world, but if people don't care about us, then it's hard for that content to be worth it. So right now we're investing yeah. into our players and we're growing first before we do like a repeating content. Like right now we're hitting all the basics first before we go on to something like that. Yep. Mm. And, and after I, and breaking think... point, Loco just doesn't, he's like, fuck team content. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I content. Like your position, uh, you're, you're the clear underdogs, I, I think. Uh, but I think that that is could be really good for you. Like, in in for example, optic, the, people don't even even really talk about optic. So I think that for uh, from a uh, you know fan perspective, it could be. Really yeah, there's an interesting for... story with Golden oh. Guardians for sure. Yes. Thanks and... so much, Harmless, for calling in. Uh, thanks for holding it down in Chile. We've got two more folks to get through really quickly, so I I have to let you go. But thank you so much. No, thank you. Yeah. I want the chili. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> All right, uh, two more. We'll go quickly, Loco. I know you're hungry. Uh, and the thing about the whole team is we're going to forget P1 really quickly. I think we're going to forget MB really quickly. Yeah. But we're going to remember Renegades. We're going to remember Immortals because yeah. they had a story and they had an identity. People nowadays still talk about Ember because they had an identity. Not because they were the best team, but because they had an identity. Yeah. Fenris57, what do you want to talk about? And where are you calling from? Uh, I'm from uh, Urbana, Illinois. Okay, good to hear. And uh, what did you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk to Loco about uh, his video that he did um, rating Team Liquid. And he said that he thinks that they'll start with a high, a high floor, I guess, is how we're talking about it today. Um, but he said that he thought that most of the players were already at their peaks, and I thought it was funny he actually used the word ceiling. We've been talking about that a lot. Um, but he said that they, he didn't think that they would be able to grow much over the year, or as, as much as other teams, and that they would kind of fall off. And I was just wondering why he would think that, considering that he, uh, considering he talked about earlier that uh, that these that most players aren't at their ceilings, and that Almost all of them have, have room to grow. Yeah, that does sound so, like ceilings, Loco. All right, so TL as a team, right, how good they are at the start will be very, very, will not be, it's not going to be exactly the same, but it will be very close to how good they will be at the end of the year. I think they're going to have a lot of their teamwork things down. I think they're going to have a lot of their shot calling things down. I think they're going to have a lot of their fundamentals, the basics, and a lot of what you need to improve on as a team already at a really good spot so they're gonna be a team that's gonna start good and end good so for a team like tsm they have Mitty and song working and Bjerg working together who are very used to having a very big say on the team i'd imagine Mitty had huge say on g2 and song had huge say on immortals and bjergsen had huge say on tsm they're gonna need time figuring all that stuff out they're gonna need time growing up mike young and how he's gonna fit into it they're gonna need time letting Bjergsen not be the shot caller anymore and let Mitty be the shot caller. They're going to have a lot of problems and growing pains at the start that they're going to need to figure out, and it's going to time take time for them to ramp up. So that's what I mean. Uh, two questions for Loco. Or I guess one's a common one's question. First, 
the idea that like TSM or TL will start fast makes a lot of sense because no team coming into this year uh, will have more than three players that have played together, uh, or at least like in the previous split. So like obviously they have three fifths of Immortals. Clutch Gaming has three fifths of and uh, Envy, but like for for Immortals and TL, the reason that's important is because like it's their it was like a lot of their playmakers in early game and people like that that they are keeping versus like Envy has to play or see Clutch Gaming now will have to play with new solo laners completely and that's a little more sketch I think potentially so I kind of agree with that point uh, and then the thing I was gonna ask Loco is how much do you think that has to do your point about them not improving much with your lack of faith potentially in their coaching staff because they haven't really been tested Kane on Liquid wasn't very effective but it's hard to know everything behind the scenes is this a team that you think has as much help coming from the support staff as some of the other top teams that we have seen with more proven coaching staffs that's not the problem with that team the problem okay. i think it's really weird that tsm got thong i think this roster of tsm would actually work really well with parse so how much can you coach a double lift how much can you coach an impact i'm not in terms of like these players are impossible to work with they already know so much and they already have their own view on the game and they already probably know what they want to do and it's probably effective for them. So you can't, when the cup is full, like you, there's not much for a coach to do other than give them direction and give them general direction. And from what Doublelift said um, in a recent interview, it, that does seem to be the case where Kane is just giving them general direction. A coach is not going to make TL good. A coach is not going to make TL bad. So why does that mean that they'll fall off over the year? I can understand I that like I the never... gap will be different, but like wouldn't that still mean that if you take five really really good players, that they would still be one of the best teams by the end of the year? They will be one of the best teams. I think you had the wrong impression. I don't think I ever okay. thought they will fall off. They're gonna start out good, and they're gonna start out really really good, and they're not gonna get much better than the really really good they started out as. Gotcha. Benris, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, so yeah, we don't have you. more time at the end of the, the show, but thank you. Thanks. All right. I think it's a really interesting point that Loco was making just because so many of these teams, even when they have three players, all the teams that are now playing with the same three players are on different orgs. So they're still like growing things. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird offseason in that regard. I don't know. It just sounds to me like Loco saying Team Liquid has a low cap, low ceiling. I don't they're, know if it's low ceiling so much. It's just like they don't have as far. They have to go. a very high floor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, just, I'm just gonna drag him in. Yeah, Doctor Lemon. You're live, Doctor Lemon Lime. Uh, where are you calling from? I am calling from Valparaiso, Indiana. Indiana. Nice. Oh nice, yeah. Nice to hear. Uh, what did you want to talk about here? You're our last caller of the night, so hopefully it's a good one. Yeah. I'll no try pressure. to make it quick, Yeah. but my personal hot take is that I think that uh, the Golden Guardians will make playoffs in spring, and if they don't, I think they'll be able to make uh, playoffs in summer because I personally think that Matt is, obviously he's always talked about being a player that uh, is heavily confidence-based, and according to you know his Twitter and all like how he's really like been losing weight and he's having like seems to be having a really good time where he's at i think that his confidence is at a high level 
and I think that if Deathly can perform pretty well, uh, I think they'll be able to actually perform as a really good team. Okay. I Thank I just want I don't want to call you out, Doctor Lamb and Lamb. I think this is it's a reasonable thing to bring up. But I will say, it's funny the two people that called in to talk about Golden Guardians. You know, there's all these people on Reddit and Twitch that want to flame Golden Guardians. Then none of these people show up for the show to shit talk Loco to his face. <laughs> you got two I was, people. That I was looking. Can. I don't think I saw anyone who was just like, you know, they're gonna be booty. No, nobody they're wants to. Booty. Nobody <laughs> wants to to insult Loco to his face. They just want to comment on Reddit about it. Have you seen the box cutter? We'll see. Personally. Okay, so Doc, Dr. Lemon Lime, uh, mm -hmm. the problem is that with that reasoning, you have to pick three other teams to not make, or what, no, four other teams to not four. make uh, playoffs. So what what teams will Golden Guardians outperform? Uh, I honestly think that they will outperform Optic. I think Optic is arguably the weakest uh, team, especially in terms of communication uh, this year. Uh, I think they'll probably outperform FlyQuest, and honestly, I don't think Echo Fox's team is really going to synergize that well. Um, just based off of Gardok's past, um, I know he said he's been growing and all that, but I, I really don't see that as well. And uh, you know, if Huni can do well, then they might have a better shot. And I honestly, I could see them outperforming Clutch Gaming if Deathly performs at a very high level. Okay. So does that mean that the only way that these guys can can get sick to playoffs in spring or summer is if Deathly play, performs at a high level? So it's all on Deathly? Well, I think it's a lot on Deathly. It's a lot on Matt to actually be able to perform uh, at a decent level as well. But I think that Warlow is a top laner who can stand on his own. Uh, I think High, obviously, is a great overall player in many different ways. And I think he can roam to really help uh, the lanes out because High's generally been good at uh, roaming in the past and Contracts has proved himself as a fantastic jungler. So I think honestly that they can perform at a decent level. Okay, so since Dr. Lemon Lime is coming in saying Golden Guardians will make it to playoffs and we need a counterpoint Loco, yeah. what are <laughs> what are your what are your are there what would be the reasons that Golden Guardians wouldn't make it to playoffs? What are the the things that might hold the team back. Let's just even say from spring, because I know that your goal is long term, so it shouldn't be too crazy to ask you, you know, okay. if you see I mean, weaknesses that reason could... for you wouldn't make playoff. Lack of growth mm -hmm. from our players. If you don't grow, I think we have a low starting point, and we need to grow a lot to make playoffs. So lack of growth would be the most obvious reason. Um, lack of growth, and then our incredible performances by other teams. Like, where we still group, but the other teams just performed way too well for us to break top six. I think those would be the main two reasons. I don't think we all, we're going to have internal problems or anything like that. Okay. How likely is, like, uh, I think that's the second point is a lot of the reason people actually don't put you, like, I know I've talked to some people. The reason they don't put you last is because they're pretty sure one of these other teams with more imports and, like, uh, more personalities will blow up and end up 10th or ninth or whatever it is wherever they're they're not putting you guys so like how likely is it do you think that uh you guys like that how many teams do you think will blow up i guess is what i'm getting at of like the f six new teams that are basically thrown together with imports let me ask you a question do you think Dardock okay. will finish his flip with like a fox <laughs> um 
Yes. Yeah? You're betting against the odds there, Mark. Maybe. I think he'll be hard to move if that's... I'm I'm saying like if 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 you tried to move Dardock because of because like in this situation Loco's saying like you know you know he doesn't work out and they they end up swapping him for uh, I know Demonte is their mid I forget who their academy jungler is. Well, couldn't they? Uh, what team is Moon um, Academy for? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that you could try to grab one of these. You could buy a jungler jungler from. Yeah, but then he's not. He's still. You're not necessarily giving them Dardock then to put on an academy team. Oh, are you saying? I think Loco's asking, will Dardock be competing as a starter? Oh, as a starter, I thought for Echo just, like, Fox at the, the end. Right, right. Yeah. Ooh, this is a yes or no question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Dardock will finish the split under Echo Fox starting roster? No. <laughs> okay, then that's the likely team that would blow up, and the optic would be the other likely team. And then, like, maybe FlyQuest. I don't Dude, FlyQuest will Loco up, was so smart right now. Because he knows that if he says, no, Dardock won't finish as a starting jungler on Echo Fox, people are like, oh, shit, Loco talking shit. But by getting Mark to say it, he... No. It's very strategic. I'm, I'm asking questions. What is it? Because I think I would give an obvious answer, and I'd rather have other people... Yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not calling you out. I just I think it's... it's uh, what do it's, you think, Travis? Cool. I have no idea. <laughs> sure you don't. I'm sure I, you, you watch League. You, you have opinions. The uh, I do have opinions. Uh, my opinions are usually based off of Shake Shack experiences, and I haven't been to Shake Shack with Dardock recently. I no, I mean, I, I'll i put it this way. I hope he does, because Dardock seems like great talent that just needs to figure out his shit. Odds would tell you that they're, that's not going to be the case, so if I was betting, I would probably go with the odds and say he's not going to. I, think, I certainly hope I he actually, does. I actually think Josh is really good, and I actually think one day Josh will be a star player in the league. And I think for Josh to do that, he really has to appreciate the position and like how great it is to play league on a professional level. Yeah. I think if Josh didn't get a chance to play professional League of Legends for his foot, he he has a much higher chance to reform and look back on like the stuff he could potentially do better and he yeah. can potentially change but when he's consistently given chances by orcs i think it's really hard for him to improve i think i will say i would just Echo say Fox has a great ceiling <laughs> they have a pretty high ceiling yeah, uh, just I as a throwback this time last year exactly around this time last year i was sitting down in the yahoo esports studio interviewing noah winston about the very confident three-year contract he had just made with dardock who would have thought that not only would Dardock not make it to the end of Spring Split, but that Immortals wouldn't make it to the start of the next one. Interesting. Are you pinning that on Dardock? No, I'm just saying it's a funny thing. I did this interview. Now neither of it's a three-year commitment for these two team for these two entities. Are you saying Winston is is the same as Dardock? No, I was just saying it's an interesting thing. Loco Doco wants to eat Shake Shack, so uh, I have to get rid of you. In and out. I'm sorry, Dr. Lemon Lime, uh, that I have to boot you. But thank you for the call. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do some. Uh, I'll, I'll hang out on stream for a couple minutes after the show, folks, so please don't leave. Um, the live viewers. Uh, Loco, do you have anything that you want to th- plug? Anything? Where can people follow Golden Guardians? What's, uh, what's What do you got out there for us? I mean, follow us at. Golden Guardians on Twitter. Follow, um, follow my players. Watch my content, and you guys necessarily don't have to like us from the start. I don't think 
with it. We went out and got the 10 star player or 5 star players and you guys are going to love us from the start. I think the way we run our org, I think the standard that we hold our staff to, the standard we hold our players to, the kind of results that we'll continuously deliver will make you guys into our fans. Just keep an open eye on us and watch us do well and maybe you'll like us. I like, I like, you guys are so humble. I appreciate the Golden Guardian style. Mark, what do you want to throw out there? Uh, hello, I'm Mark Z. I am an analyst for League of Legends. Uh, you can follow my Twitter at TheMarkZ. It's on screen. It's been on screen for the past two and a half hours. Uh, I'll also, after this, be heading over to play some games with Offline TV and their IRL stream, which I think Pokey's doing. So yeah. if you guys want to watch some of that, check that out. And uh, I'm really excited for this year to kick off. I have a lot of content planned, and so I am very excited for the season to start. Uh, for me, if you're watching live, go sub to my YouTube channel. It's it's Travis Gafford. I'm trying to really grow that thing. And if you're watching in the VOD and you've made it all the way to the end of this and you're hearing me say this and you haven't subbed to the YouTube channel, why the hell not? Because you're clearly willing to watch a two-hour-long video here. March uh, and link in bio. Yes, yeah, and, exactly. And turn off Adblock like one sock, the hero. You don't yeah. need to turn off the whole thing. All right? You know, you can you can disable on specific pages and stuff, so... Disable on YouTube. Disable on Travis's Twitch. Help him out. I have a Patreon. I have a support page. I don't have a sponsor yet. So if anybody wants to help me out with any of that, you can you can do so because uh, things are going to get expensive this year. Already upgraded some gear. So thanks so, so much. Sign prints of you in underwear. If I yes at the at the forty dollar tier just for you, Loco, you get the prints of me in underwear. Actually, Monty already asked for that too. Monty's a Monty is a as a Patreon supporter. He's one of the highest paid or paying supporters. So, wow, yeah. he's just thirsty. Yeah, exactly. He's he's looking for those polarizers. If you should have a tier where if you sub to your Patreon and you pay enough, you take photos of the Patreon in underwear at Travis. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's a good point. You dress Monty up. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And they're like, wait, I don't want this. Too bad you you paid for the. Can you change tier. someone's tier on Patreon? Like, can you change the tier that he subscribed to no, to make it that? Sadly not. Uh, either way, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, this is the show, and now it's over.